Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Monday. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 520 520- Five one five two zero five one, or you can email if uh, that's your pleasure. It's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Before we say anything else, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I have to talk about that thing that happened on Mad Men last night, which I think Tim is probably not privy to because you didn't watch it, did you? I, I did not, know. Once again, I am a man without a country. I am a man alone, lost, bereft, sullen, besmirched. Here's the thing is it's not a major plot point mm-hmm. because it's not like it really affects any of the people we've come to know and follow on that show. So it kind of is a spoiler in that it's a thing that happens that they probably want to catch you by surprise. But it's not like it's going to wreck your enjoyment of the show. I'm just going to say there's this moment that you see coming only seconds before it actually takes place. But it's still just as horrifying and hilarious. And then, final observation about it is, anytime they end up having to bring a squeegee in to clean up the office, along with big pieces of plastic sheeting, you know that something has really gone uh, badly. Uh, So it was last night on Mad Men. So we'll talk about that. Without further ado, though, we should say that coming up in uh, about one hour, we're going to check with Court and Fatboy. Uh, they were at Dakana Dodge. They are right there. They're at uh, Fourth Plane and Auto Mall Drive for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest, which uh, begins today at 7 a.m. 7 a.m., the great ceiling begins as uh, four people. I was going to say four people go in and one person comes out, but that's not really true. Four people go in and four people come out. It's just a question of when, how, and in what order. So that is kicking off at 7 o'clock. We'll check in with Court and Fatboy about that at uh, 6 o'clock as we count down to the uh, to the great on-turning of the event. What else is coming up today? 6.35, we're going to talk to the guy that owns Hitler's Toilet, which is a phrase that I really don't get to use enough or, you know, like ever. So that's coming up at 6.35, Hitler's Toilet Guy. I'm unclear, by the way, about how he has verified that it is, in fact, Hitler's Toilet. I don't really know that the... Well, that's a good interview question, then. That's right, Sarah Dillon. I don't really know that it was ever explicated in the interview materials that we were given. So that's going to be like the first question I have out of the gate for that guy. So 635, we'll talk to the uh, owner of Hitler's Toilet. Uh, coming up at 720 today. This is jam-packed full of things. Uh, we have a major concert announcement we're going to get to. That is at 720. Uh, we will recap last night's uh, installment of Mad Men. We'll talk about the Emmys. which were, It was like all Mad Men all the time. Because... When it wasn't busy actually airing on AMC, it was sort of cleaning up everything over at the Emmys, which were hosted by Neil Patrick Harris, who was awesome, by the way. 
So Neil Patrick Harris is... Uh, he's a genius. It's kind of... A, I think he's... I was going to... Not even a late career, because he's only like 30-something, but I think he's having a... There's a little bit of a Neil Patrick Harris renaissance going on right now between the Emmys and the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, which I do so, believe... So he has the new Billy Crystal. Don't ever say that about anybody, Tim. That's an awful thing to say. But that's what I was thinking. It's like saying somebody is the new... Uh, like saying somebody is the new Charlie Rocket. He's the new Robin Williams. He was good though. He's the thing about Neil Patrick Harris is he was legitimately, he was legitimately funny and charming, and it, obviously nothing there is ever really truly ad libbed to any appreciable degree because it's you know such a huge, massive, over the top production that everything is scripted and sort of rehearsed, um, you know, to death before they do it. But he had that kind of effortless charm. I mean, I hate. I, I don't even like to say this because it just seems like such an unfair comparison. But Carson is so much the gold standard for things like that. Because Carson, you know, used to host the Oscars, and it was just that sort of very laid back uh, charm that almost seemed to come from his pores. It just it was a thing he naturally exuded. And uh, so Neil Patrick Harris had a bit of that. There was also, and I don't know if you have the audio of that Jimmy Fallon joke. Where he did the, where he came out, he did the fall, he did like the Pratt fall kind of a thing. I probably do somewhere. I have it if you don't. It was, it was really one of the best moments of the entire night. So, uh, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop about the uh, Emmys. So uh, that is all on the way. Five twenty, Jim Roop about the Emmys. Five forty, uh, we will have uh, more from Tim Riley, from whom we will uh, hear the first dose of news in just a moment. Coming up at six o'clock, Court and Fat Boy as we get ready to kick off, survive it and drive it. Um, 6.35, the uh, Hitler's Toilet Guy, and uh, 7 o'clock, a major concert announcement. His mother must be proud. Right there, it's just, I'm exhausted. Even just listing those things off, it's just worn me out. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Oh, good morning, despite the allergies. Wow, you sound my, fantastic. <laughs> my allergies kind of hit me like a slap in the face. Fine all weekend, just woke up this morning, and all of a sudden, you know, just sneezing nonstop. But I'm doing A-OK. -okay. Punched in the nose by Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah. Are you wearing the same shirt that you had on Friday? I don't know. Maybe. I think it's entirely possible you didn't... Did you change clothes at some point this weekend? No, I wore this the entire weekend, uh, all weekend. You know, you're an action-packed girl. I can never really tell. <laughs> no, this is me at yeah 3.30 in the morning grabbing the shirt closest. Oh, dude, you don't even know. I tried to put toothpaste on my ballpoint pen this morning. Wow. I went I went in to brush my teeth, and I was actually in the bathroom in front of the sink, literally, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. In front of the sink in the bathroom, and I have the ballpoint pen in my left hand, right here, the toothpaste in my right hand. See, and then, we're all it, supposed to have early morning camaraderie, because I wouldn't ma have made fun of you about that. But you're not supposed to point out the fact I'm wearing the same shirt. What do you mean you wouldn't have made fun of me? You're a fool. I, it, was, it literally was as I opened my mouth and the ballpoint pen began to move toward my teeth covered in toothpaste. And then I was like having to sponge all the toothpaste off the pen. It was just a whole bad thing. Well, in any event, it's 503-228-4101. That is all in the way. We will uh, kick things off with Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles at 520 with the Emmys. First, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. It is 507. Okay, get ready for a major heat wave. Major heat wave. National Weather Service is calling for high temperatures near 89 today. 94 tomorrow, 90 on Wednesday, and not cooling off till Thursday. Jesus, God, I just put my air conditioner away this weekend. I know. You, it's the beginning of fall, isn't it? Ugh. All right. Fine. It's close anyway. I'm preemptively bitter. The escaped insane killer has been apprehended as he prepared to hitchhike just northeast of the Dalles. All the more reason never to pick up hitchhikers. It's like a B-movie come true. Philip Paul has been on the run since he slipped away during a field trip to the Spokane County Fair. 
Now, those who are okay that are being questioned. <laughs> what should we do with this uh, whole cell full of uh, criminally insane nutcases that we've got? There were I several. Know. There were several of them Field let loose trip. on the <laughs> county fair in Spokane the same day. Hey, don't you have a bus? Isn't there a fair in town? That's like the worst possible combination of all of those component parts right there. But it made sense to somebody. Well, they are in Spokane, Tim. One has to make one's own fun when one lives in the Inland Empire. So Philip Paul has been captured, and everybody wants to know what's on his uh, MySpace page. He calls his murder a four-second mistake, the one he was convicted for, and includes nine songs. One is entitled Rock and Roll in a Mental Institution. Wait a minute. Are we still talking about the same guy? Are we yes. still talking about the guy from the mental from the, the, that was at the fair in, in Spokane? Yes. Okay. Everyone wants to know what's on everyone's MySpace page. He puts songs on his MySpace Four of them. page? All right. Uh, uh, nine of them, I'm sorry. One is entitled Rock and Roll in the Mental Institution. All right. Then. <laughs> okay. I guess you can download it. Uh, St. Louis is perking up with jokes about the $200,000 cup of coffee, but officials at a college and its insurance company aren't laughing at all. St. Louis Community College must foot the bill after a coffee maker rigged to a faucet and left on in a photo lab led to a ruptured water line. About 10,000 gallons of water spilled down four floors, damaging ceilings, walls, computers, and files. The dispatch reports the college's board of trustees will be asked to approve the cleanup costs $143,000, this after a $25,000 insurance deductible. A naked elderly man sporting only a handgun was able to keep a drunken burglar at bay until police arrived at his Lake Worth, Florida home over the weekend. Robert Thompson was awakened early Saturday by his dog barking at an intruder. The 91-year-old World War II veteran grabbed his gun while his dog started attacking the robber. Yelled the 26-year-old intruder until police came. You don't want to screw with old people. They've got nothing to lose. That's the thing. It, oh, you get to a certain event horizon in your life, mm-hmm. a, pa- a point of demarcation past which it doesn't really matter to you. I mean, you can't have sugar. You can't have salt. All your meals come through a straw. What do you care if some burglar takes you down? You know what I mean? You can have a last bit of uh, glory and relive the Battle of Anzio. So President Obama says Medicare recipients won't lose benefits from his health care reform proposals. He was all over the TV this past week. We are wasting hundreds of billions of dollars in Medicare that is not making people healthier. I want to make sure that we're using that money to actually make people healthier. So what is it? So Medicare, there's Medicare and Medicaid. Medicare and Medicaid are two different things. Right, but what... Medicare is what everyone gets. Medicaid is what some poor people get to help them along with food and other things. It it isn't just uh, medical. So that's like a it, that is almost like a that is like a welfare, but it's it, but it's medical care. Correct. But Medicare is the it's thing for that, everyone. Medicaid is not for everyone. All right. And is Medicare a thing you get when you're old? Yes. Is that the day you pass a certain mm-hmm. when you're old and you can start bitching about socialism as you're cashing your check with the other hand? Right. Damn mm-hmm. it! I'm not going to have any of this free government money given out to. No, no, no. I'll take that in twenties, please. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Thank you. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, he says some people are very unhappy with him. Will the insurers squawk? You bet. These folks are going to be able to get Medicare that is just as good, provides the same benefits. And he's going to be on Letterman tonight. So he's going to be all over the TV, whether or not that matters or not. You know, complicated things for the general public usually don't work. Oh, by the way, speaking of the general public, so I was at, um, so I went to Red Robin last night um, and I had that. What is that thing you advertise? The Wise the Guy wise Burger? The Wise Guy Burger. Oh, man. I mean, it was great, but. I have to tell was you, there was, I needed to go hibernate uh, for like five or six weeks after having that. So uh, our good friend uh, Jason, Jason Crump of Vanished Twin Photography, so it was his daughter's birthday over the weekend, and so there was a, uh, a, a shindig, a gathering, whatever. So I was at the, so I was at Red Robin, and it, it, that thing where I kind of knew that I shouldn't get the refill on the bottomless fries, and then I just did because they're 
Red Robin fries, and they're awesome. And then they, they bring me this Wise Guy burger, which I only know about because you had talked about it. And so it's whatever the normal hamburger is between, you know, and it's got all the, like, the buns and all the, the, the whatever the toppings would, would typically be. And then, Rick, it also has pepperoni oh, and marinara and, it's and got the, sticks. I mean, it really was fantastic. But I it, it's that thing where you realize that that deal they always say about your brain not, not registering the fact that you're full until 10 minutes after it's already taken place. And sometimes you forget about that, but you sort of need, like, prima facie evidence of it. Mm-hmm. So I had the whole basket of fries then they refilled it and i foolishly put down a second basket of those oh yeah because you always have to eat fries first that's the thing is i have the whole ocd uh, thing where i can't yeah i can't eat the main course until my fries are gone but then at a certain juncture i realized that like wait a minute in a few moments my brain is going to catch up and i won't be able to finish the rest of this so i should just sprint across this culinary finish line as fast as i possibly can so i was just sort of powering through the rest of the food so it's this massive hamburger covered with the huge slice of mozzarella and then the layer of pepperoni and then the layer of marinara uh, sauce. Then improbably but wonderfully on top of it is just a fistful of uh, of deep fried mozzarella sticks. And then it's all made into one massive hamburger, which I could barely fit into my mouth, by is the way. Is there room for a Caesar salad in the middle of all that? <laughs> with croutons? Could I get half a pound of marshmallows in the middle of this? That would be ever so splendid. Thank a you. A piece of apple pie. <laughs> it was... Oh man, I I finished it, but then I felt like one of those. Uh, I felt like one of those snakes that you used to see in Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom that had just just like digested a zebra. Wasn't this supposed to be somebody else's birthday? Yes, yes, it was. Well, but I mean, it's really you know what is the point of a party if everyone can't celebrate? I suppose so. In any event, I have to just that thing was that thing was exactly as good as you probably think it was. Also, I went home and I calculated all the calories because I'd been planning toward this. This is my thing. Like I knew this was going to be my primary meal of the day, so mm-hmm. I ate very. Um, Sparsely, sparely, a word Barely. like that. It, whatever. I just I ate almost not at all the rest of the day, and then I went home and I looked up the calorie count, and it was something like sixteen hundred and fifty calories worth every one of them. By the way, I mean it's just people do this every weekend. Uh, they oh, I starve myself during the week, and I I kind of eat way too much in one meal, like five million calories to make up for not eating during the week. That's right, Tim. No, it was uh, it was a thing. But I of, just treat myself once a week to it, everything in the restaurant. It was. Uh, I'll take a, I'll take one of everything, please, and a side of everything else. Thank you so much. It was one, and then I had this. Uh, I had a massive slice of birthday cake, which which was shaped like the TARDIS <laughs> from Doctor Who. Slice of birthday. Seriously. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> Really just thinking I have to go brush my teeth again. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Well, ain't that America. 4101. That's right, Tim. It's uh, it's a land of glory and freedom and cholesterol. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop about last night's Emmy Awards. Uh, we'll talk Mad Men, and we will kick off KUFO's Survive It and Drive It. It's all on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's a lovely Monday morning right here in downtown Portland, Oregon. I totally failed to hit that post. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning. I am indeed. There have been motorcycle crashes all over the place. Uh, too numerous to mention. Another helicopter crash. And the insane killer has been apprehended hitchhiking. Did not pick up hitchhikers. You know, there's somebody in this... Uh, killer. You know, somebody in this room just bought a motorcycle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just making sure that wasn't that, an accident. That is a... Motor scooter. No, I'm. You're just reporting the news. It was not tailored for that occasion. I am only 
talking about facts here. That's that's right, Tim. You're an unbiased newsman. You can't afford to let uh, to let personal intersections uh, interfere with the conveyance of information to the people. I I understand how that goes. No, it's not manipulated headlines. This is truthful news. You have your ethics to think of. I mean, more than thirty were involved in one of these crashes. On that note, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm very well. Good Monday morning to you, sir. Have you had any sleep at all since last night? Uh, maybe about 20 minutes. All right. Well, there you go. See, because uh, you realize, as we do, I think, that at a certain point, if you actually fall asleep for any length oh, of time, yeah, it is yeah. worse than getting no sleep at all. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. You just got to play all the way through it. But, you know, you wind up dozing for about 20 minutes, and it's just enough not to push you over the edge. Right, right. You know? Well, you were at the uh, you were at the Emmys, and you um, were there. I mean, I mean, probably early on. You kind of get there way before the thing starts, right? Do they have you there, sort of, as the you know, all the red carpet crap and everything? Oh, is I'm there going at on? noon, three hours before the red carpet opens. At noon, craft service isn't even isn't even there. It's just, <laughs> just standing out on the sidewalk. Just I, uh, I had to leave mass early. What's up with that? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I get there at noon. Red carpet opens at three. You know, we got to go through security checks, set up all the equipment. You know, then you and you feel bad for the poor slot who won tickets to sit in the red carpet seat grandstands, you know, they're there all day long, too, in the blazing sun. They don't put any shade over these people. And you go out there and you talk to them, and they're just sweating it, just like 115 degrees, you know. And Congratulations, you've, uh, you've won a red carpet seat and some melanoma. Please have a oh seat here in the sun. I was just brutal last yesterday. Yeah. Just absolutely terrible. Um, but, you know, and, and then the show starts, and then you're there. I, I think I got home... About twelve thirty, one o'clock, and then I'm up again at three. Well, you know, but occasionally I'll come in here and I'll find Sarah on the uh, floor, uh, asleep on the floor of the office, just sort of getting like a good ten, twelve minutes of a power nap. <laughs> because you're right. I mean, you can do that, and as long as you don't actually allow yourself to sort of, uh, you know, re- relax and fall into an actual sleep, you're going to be okay. The minute your brain somehow is under the impression it's okay to actually, uh, you know, just kind of switch off and go to the REM cycle, that is when you are completely screwed. You wake up, you want to be able to tie your shoes. Yeah, see, you can't Yeah, you can't go to bed. Right. You can sit on the couch, make yourself a drink, sit on the couch, turn the television on, and say, well, you know, about an hour and a half, i got to check my live shot scale. And then you wind up going, oh, man, it's 20 minutes later, and you feel great. You still have the drink in your hand, so it's even better. <laughs> I was going to say, the best part is how you actually, you put those in order of priority. Fix yourself a drink, then maybe sit down, then maybe plan out your day's work. Well, you got to unwind after something like that, man. It's just, you know, it's a mess. I suppose. You, uh, okay, so last night was all pretty much Mad Men and 30 Rock. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah, the only new face in the field of major winners was Tony Collette, who I've never seen the show United States of Tara, but apparently it's pretty good. I have a friend of mine who's really into that. It's about the schizophrenic girl, yeah. I think, or the girl with, uh, what is she got, split personality or something. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Collette, though. She's one of those women that you don't doesn't have a lot of name recognition, but she's been in everything. I mean, she was in you know she was in the Sixth Sense, and then she was in uh, this the, you know this movie called The Velvet Goldmine where she got some attention. But she's she's one of those like serious like she's an actual real actress. Uh, uh, you know, she really has the the chops, as they say. It was cool because when you know we, you know you ask her what does this mean, you know how and she said, well I hope it means that you know in her Australian accent, I hope this means I'm going to be able to play this character for a while longer. You yeah. know, she, I'd like a steady paycheck. That's yeah, what it uh, a longevity man. And that's yeah. what every actor wants. And she was very quick to say, I don't think it's going to change my life or, or give me any better roles. I just want to be able to play this one for a while. I'd like to be able to pay the rent on some sort of ongoing, consistent basis. Until I'm 80. Yeah, exactly. Well, people, you know, it's like they'll look at, you know, you get a guy, you know, who's, who's an actual... You know, 
you know, who has some sort of a, um, a, a cinematic background or has some sort of theatrical presence. And then he'll end up doing like King of Queens. And people say, well, what's that about? And it's like, well, it's about not having to go on auditions for the next few years and still being able to eat. I think yeah, that's I what that's about. Lots of actors like that, man. They just want that steady paycheck. Totally. Uh, do you get to do any FaceTime with any of the Mad Men folks? Uh, John Hamm and uh, the the I don't forgot her name now, but the woman who plays his wife, uh, January Jones. Yeah, very very pretty. So I because we're all just such really everybody here on this show. Uh, I think we've all I think we've all admitted that we would uh, we'd run away with John Hamm if given the opportunity. Even me, John Hamm calls me. He's like uh, Rick Emerson. Time to elope. I'm there. Just pack a bag. Because <laughs> I mean, the guy he just seems. I mean, it's so tempting to confuse the man with the character and all that, but he just seems like such a cool kind of classic guy. He he's he he's that way every time I've seen him in public. Um, you know, he kind of talks that way. He gets real once in. A, I mean, he'll 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 become a real guy. You know, as you're talking to him, but he he does start out as uh, you know. Uh, Don Draper. Yeah, I mean, see, that's and that's exactly kind of how you want it to be, right? When you meet a guy like that, even no matter how many times you've, you've met a celebrity, you've interviewed people, you always, in the back of your mind, kind of want them to be the character, at least for for a few seconds. Right. So you know, so it's kind of cool that they do that. Um, I mean, but he, I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. This is sort of like his James Gandolfini thing, where he's the guy who labors and you know works and is under the radar, and then gets the career defining role like you know overnight. Yeah, it's, again, he's one of these guys that says, I don't know why, I don't know how, I was just in, and he even said it, I think, last night, I was in the right place at the right time, and I'm the guy, wow. you know, and I think most actors believe that, with the exception of those who have been around a while, like Jessica Lang and Glenn Close, who are really into themselves, uh, people like John Hamm and those people go, Hey, man, I just happened to be the guy in the room at the time they said, okay, we need one. You know, I had a, uh, I had a friend of mine whose dad was a shrink. Uh, this was a few years ago. His dad was a shrink, and the dad worked in L.A. and treated he, what he would always describe as just a, you know, a, a bevy of who's who's or whatever. He was, you know, he was a shrink for a lot of celebrities. And, and he said one time that one of the only – I think he'd had a few that night. And the only thing he ever volunteered about being a shrink to celebrities, he said is – the, the thing that they all had in common is they were all neurotic because they secretly all believed that they had no talent and no skill and that it was just like a total crapshoot and that one day everybody was going to wake up and go, wait a minute, you're not actually good at that. You just got lucky. That was that they all lived in fear somehow that it was going to be found out that it was just, you know, luck of the draw. Well, I think a lot of them admit that now, you know, because they, if, especially the, the actors who aren't discovered, but the ones who are, who have to work their way through it. Like like John Hamm has, right. you know, and 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 they they realize they get so much rejection, then they get that lucky break where either the casting director is sick and tired of listening to people and go, okay, you take it, you're close <laughs> enough, and then it just kind of moves on. I mean, I've been in those rooms before doing uh, auditions for voiceovers and whatever, and they go, I just don't want to hear another one. All right, can you do it this way? Then you got it, you know. It's and you know it's just friggin' luck. If I was the tenth guy instead of the twelfth guy, I, I would be you know taking a cab home. If they they didn't have to go pick up their kid at soccer. Uh, you know, you'd be jobless like, another day. That happens so much. It absolutely does. And you just you, you want to be the guy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, it's musical chairs. If you happen to be the one standing there, then what did Woody Allen say? Like 98% of success is showing up. Um, <laughs> June, uh, January Jones, who plays his wife on Mad Men. So she, uh, it, 
I always ask this about everybody. When you see her in person, is she just unbelievably gorgeous? She is, but she's way too skinny. Yeah, she's tiny. Well, you got even on TV, she looks tiny. I mean, she's a little. She's a miniature woman. You can tell that. Yeah, well, she's tall. She's taller than I am. Of course, many people are, but um, she's very, very thin. And yeah, that's a little scary when when they come walking towards you and you think, what? <laughs> like you could there's tra- you can see their internal organs. Yeah. Well, there, there's um, like her and Christina Hendricks are sort of at opposite ends of that scale in some way because yeah. Christina Hendricks, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's hot, but you do, but at, at certain points you just wonder if the, if the seams on her clothing can hold or if that whole if it's just going to be ripping and tearing and then just it's all going to come pouring out i mean That's it's a style in the 60s yeah no she seems the tighter the better baby v- vacuum sealed into uh into those outfits occasionally uh what else anything anything kind of catch everybody off guard last night and, well you know i think john cryer's win a supporting actor kind of was 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 interesting although he deserved it i thought and i thought he, was, he said some really funny stuff too about uh charlie sheen he said you know uh Charlie Sheen doesn't party anymore. He's got Charlie Sheen at the worst time of his entire life, so it's no fun outside the office kind of thing. It's like the uh, it's like the guy who you know happens to hang out with Keith Richards the day after he's gone. You know, yes, come out of rehab. He's recovered. Yeah, you know. But I thought Neil Patrick Harris did a pretty good job. Last year was the worst Emmys ever with those five reality hosts trying to do their. Thing. Oh, I forgot all about that. It's funny I flushed that out of my brain already. Oh, God. I, oh, wow. Because you know, I, I went yesterday going, oh, this is just going to be terrible. You're just preparing for the worst. You set the bar so low in your head that anything that wasn't just a suck fest was a win. And then two hours go by out of the three, and it's, wow, okay, we got only an hour left to go. It's always great when you can aim for relatively painless as your, uh, your sort of benchmark <laughs> for the awards. All right. Well, on that note, my friend, how many uh, more hours do you have on the clock today? Uh, I don't know. Six or seven, probably. Wow. All right. Well, just uh, pour another uh, pour another stiff one for all of us, sir. As you know, I will. All right. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That is uh, Jim Roop, CNN Radio Los Angeles. He is every man. All right. Come back. More from Tim Riley. Uh, at 6 o'clock, we will check in with Court and Fatboy. Uh, they are at a Dick Hanna Dodge right there at 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive for the kickoff of KUFO Survive It and Drive It Contest, which begins this morning at 7 o'clock. Later on, Greg Nibbler and Ball Talk. Plus, we'll wrap up the weekend box office. Stay there. Back after this. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, 6 o'clock, we will talk to Court and Fatboy. They are at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge for the kickoff of KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. That begins at 7 o'clock with the great in-sealing of the four uh, inside the truck where they will uh, uh, spend the next few uh, days, weeks, whatever. Months. Really, we're going to do everything we can to uh, to drive them, uh, I would say, over the brink and into the depths of madness almost immediately. So We've brainstormed quite a bit. Oh, we really do. And I'm just... Just so they can be thinking about this one, I was uh, watching Marathon Man on uh, on AMC for a little bit yesterday, and I really think we had to do that thing where we just play the sound of a dental drill. Like, maybe not over the air as such, but some sort of a closed-circuit speaker feed. Like, maybe like a dental drill meets uh, nails on chalkboard sound that we can sort of hybrid together, and then just pipe it directly into the truck and let it run for, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight hours. Just, you know, just to see what happens. See, I'm still all about, like, Whitney Houston, I will always love you on repeat. Maybe. How about they're coming to take me away backwards over and over again, looped? <laughs> I like your idea. style, Tim Riley. So that's uh, 6 o'clock. Court and Fatboy will be out there. We'll talk to them about the kickoff of that. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler at 6.20. Coming up at 6.35, the guy who owns Hitler's Toilet. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we will begin the Survive It and Drive It contest. And at 7.20, a major concert announcement. <sighs> so little to do. So much time.
Stop. Reverse that. Here's Tim Riley for the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland, 5470. It's going to be a major heat wave. National Weather Service calling for temperature at 89 today, 94 tomorrow, 90 on Wednesday, and not cooling off till Thursday. Motorcycle accidents are plenty over the weekend. Nearly 30 motorcyclists were involved in a massive crash on I-5 near Portland. State police say slow-moving traffic caused a chain reaction crash Friday afternoon just south of Wilsonville. All the bad stuff always happens. Eight patients are being treated for hip and shoulder injuries. Two others rushed to area hospitals. The bikers were reported to be members of a local club called Brother Speed. Then two men were killed in separate motorcycle accidents over the weekend. The county medical examiner's office reports 59-year-old Frederick Carey Earhart of Washington County passed away in a crash near northwest Laidlaw Road and Marcotte Road. Meanwhile, late Saturday night on Oregon 30 near Burlington Drive, Castivio Floyd Vareal was killed in another motorcycle wreck. I'm sensing a trend to today's traffic happenings, Tim. I'm just the reporter here. That's right. Passing these things along without comment or observation. The troubled son of Ryan O'Neill and the late Farrah Fawcett will be released from jail and sent to rehab. Isn't is troubled now what we call it? Isn't actually felonious? I, I guess so. But apparently his problems just never end. The criminal son? Felonious mm-hmm. sounds porny. Yeah, I guess it does. Uh, so this fellow Redmond... Uh, could have faced four years in state prison, but under a deal, he must complete one year of treatment in a residential rehab near Pasadena. What a terrible punishment this sounds like. <laughs> He'll be placed on three years probation, and if he violates it, he goes to state prison for six years. Uh, so uh, his court problems aren't over yet. You will be sentenced to live in Van Nuys for the rest of your natural life. May God have mercy on your soul. That would be terrible. So a conflict between Michael Moore and General Motors has kept the filmmaker from attending the Detroit premiere of a new movie. As Hollywood comes to Detroit, Moore's film entitled Capitalism, A Love Story was shown last night at Detroit's Renaissance Center, which is owned by GM. Moore said the car maker kept him from attending, and that is just wrong. They have kicked us out after we rented the, the four theaters over there. Um, General Motors said that uh, I could not be on the premises doing any interviews or press. I just don't even know how to feel about that guy anymore. On the one hand, I really do uh, love, love Michael Moore. I mean, he's you know kind of an American original in some ways, and and you know he I, wears the same clothes every day. I and I well, and I really do respect people who are able to sort of you know who continually find new ways to just hit the red attention button and get people to be irritated at them. Like that's why I can never hate Kanye West ever. I mean, he's just I, you know it's it's kind of that that like Marilyn Manson, Sex Pistols, uh, uh, you know Muhammad Ali thing of being able to just to inflate oneself image in front of the American. Body. Public to the you know to to the end of publicity. Didn't you say something happened with Kanye West and I did. Taylor? I'm so glad you said that. By the way, so but so that's the thing with Michael Moore, right? Is like on the one hand, you want to admire the fact that he's he's he has such a, a theatrical bend and flair, and he's able to constantly get press for himself by doing something that he knows is going to go back. Whoever would have the, the, the thought that General Motors would have a problem with Michael Moore doing something? Oh, I don't know. How about everybody? So. 
On the one hand, you admire the fact that he can do it. On the other hand, it just is, it is what the uh, British legal system would call um, utterly transparent. I just think he never washes his hair. Man, I don't even he know what dirty the... hair, him or Whoopi Goldberg. Well, I mean, and it's like he's that baseball that cap. cap on. Can you imagine what the inside of those hats must smell like? I mean, it's just... Flopping around. I mean, seriously, I, I can't even... And here's the other the thing about Michael Moore. Michael Moore can make a film uh, talking about the evils of capitalism all he wants. I want you to take a good long look at that guy, starting with Roger and me, and then now... It's sort of like the progression of Neanderthal man, but it's like the progression of Michael Moore's personal girth. I mean, at a certain point, you expect, like, Damos and Phobos to be just orbiting around his midsection. I mean, he's massive. Um, I have this now. This came to us from, it's not Defamer, uh, but it's a site like that. One of those D-lister, Defamer, D-gawker. One of those sites. Apparently, Kanye West and Taylor Swift have, wait for it. File this into the category of things that I could have predicted. Taylor Swift and Kanye West have, yes, the same agent. I'm sure that's a coincidence, and I'm sure, sure in no way did that play into all that's of the BS. shenanigans and goings on at uh, last week's award ceremony. I'm just passing that along. It's uh, 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Indeed. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 4101. In just one hour, KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest begins. Uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, right there at Fourth Plane and Auto Mall uh, Drive. You go right there to uh, Vancouver, Washington. You will get to see it with your very own eyes. You can see the glory, the majesty, the horror. The horror unfold. Oh, the horror. It is happening at 7 o'clock uh, this morning when uh, Dustin, Eric, Jessica, and Katie are all going to get sealed uh, inside the truck and the. Uh, what? What? Dustin Chad. What did I say? Eric. Eric? Wait, where did I write down Eric? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God, I'm looking at True Blood Notes from last week. Hold on, let's forget <laughs> that I did that right there. Hold on. Oh, wow. All right, and... You're kind of my favorite. Nah, we'll fix that in post. Anyway, so they're all going to get sealed in at 7 o'clock, and then whoever uh, outlasts uh, everybody else, the last person to remain inside uh, through the filth, the agony, the mental torment, the untold cubic feet of gases released from all the other contestants, whoever makes it out the other side uh, will actually win the truck, and uh, they will take that home. They will get the assembled glory and respect of their peers, loved ones, friends, and co-workers. So in just a moment, we're going to check in with Court and Fatboy. Uh, they are out there on location. That uh, all begins at 7 o'clock. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Monday morning. A serious helicopter crash in Forest Grove over the weekend. A man has been hospitalized after ingesting an amoeba. And we're still waiting for Jonathan Edwards to come clean and admit he is the father of that love child. I thought they did like a, a, a paternity test or a blood test or something or other. He still hasn't admitted it publicly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us, without further ado, Sarah, do we have the, uh, we do, do we have the snazzy produced piece? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Court and Fatboy are on location. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Hey, how you doing? Hi. Hey, hey, hello. Uh, so please now, uh, in your best sports center style, please to describe the gathering storm clouds as they assemble on the horizon before this glorious event unfolds at 7 a.m. What is it like? Uh, what is the vibe? What do you see? No, what do you no, hear? Sport, sports center has nothing on this. And if, like, you know, Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick were out here, I'm fairly certain they would 
beat themselves in the head with a bat. Well, okay. On that note, then. <laughs> uh, so, what is it? What is the general vibe among the contestants? Do they seem nervous, or are they or are they just kind of so out of it, uh, or amped up is on on energy that on? they? Yeah. I mean, what is their no what is their smoking? No, they, they look like um, actually they're waiting to get into a pool. Yeah, it's very lackadaisical. There's no real sense of competition going on. No one's eating um, very nasty, gassy foods. Um, they're all just sort of very politely standing near each other, not really looking at each other, no stare-downs. Um, the closest we've got to any sort of intimidation factor is there's a guy wearing bells on his shorts. That's what do you mean? Is that to prevent... I mean, like, is that to prevent any so sort of untoward groping? From, no, when he, like, shifts from butt cheek to butt cheek, he makes jingling noises, and that will be annoying. That will be annoying. That I think I speak for everybody. <laughs> Won't that also be annoying to him? Well, never mind. Who am I to second-guess a guy's strategy? That just seems silly. Who are you but... to second-guess a guy who just volunteered to sit in a truck for two weeks? Really? So it's like with, with rings on his fingers and bells on his nads. He'll make, he'll make music wherever <laughs> he goes. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, so this all begins at around 55 minutes. So I, you guys have seen the truck sort of there up close and in personal. How much space are we talking about that they're going to be crammed into? This, this would be a truck that I'd be uncomfortable in driving up to Seattle. This is a very, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's a small truck. It's kind of the four-door, the smaller two, uh, back door thing. Uh, but the seat in the back, I'm six foot tall. My knees would be in my chest for most of the uh, the ride. Um, the front isn't too much better. I mean, it's you know, it's a decent-sized truck. But after, uh, you know, 6 o'clock tonight, these people are going to want to get out. So I mean, if we're going to be honest about things... Um, there are two contestants here who are not the most petite. They're, uh, so, um, I'm fairly certain there are going to be um, folds and um, protuberances <laughs> rubbing up against each other. Gresham, represent. Yeah. Oh, for real. Well, I mean, they, they are, there are um, a couple contestants who are persons of larger carriage. And uh, I know uh, that uh, Fatboy has a favorite contestant. Were you just as thrilled to meet that person in person? No, I've been avoiding her. Uh, I'm keeping a very wide berth. Uh, is this person? <laughs> like, does like her name rhyme with uh, Mars? Does her name rhyme with Hesica? No, no. Okay. Oh no, the, it's no, not. No, 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 it's who? Who am I thinking? It's Katie. Katie was the girl from uh, from Friday. So yes. See, I don't even know any of their names. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not even gonna no. lie. I don't know their names. All I know is there. There's Jingle Balls. There's the bald dude. There's the crier. And the racist. Here's the, the thing. That's all I know. <laughs> the uh, so uh, so Katie was the girl on Friday who uh, used, I think, what I believe is is understood by all people to be an unacceptable uh, racial slur. Apparently, mm -hmm. all people except those who live in certain zip codes and pockets uh, of our uh, fine city. So I think though that we should begin the trend right now of just calling her the Omarosa of uh, of surviving and driving, which is a joke that works on like three different levels too. So yes. I, I embrace that. Um, so actually, look, you know what? She, for, for penance, she's wearing a public broadcasting hoodie. Really? Yes. Yeah. All right. I thought you were gonna. I thought she was uh, like she was gonna be wearing some like a you know like she had like a Tupac uh, shirt or something on. But like no, one no, of the no, no. like one of the cool homemade ones uh, where it's him standing at a table with Scarface. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and they're like and they're playing pool or something. Now look, we're gonna have to bring now, a She's more like I, I know Alistair Cook. <laughs> yeah, I've watched Masterpiece Theater. That's that's the the. Idea she's trying to get across. Here. I think she's more of a red green fan, but that's just a hunch. Uh, right. <laughs> so you guys, Court and uh, Fabo, you guys are out there. You're at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, uh, Fourth Plane, and uh, the Auto Mall. So looking at the truck yourselves, do you have 
a strategy that you guys would, uh, you know, would use were you to be put inside the truck, just based on the physical appearance of the truck and the spatial relations within? Do you guys have a thing that you would do that you would recommend? Uh- yeah, I think uh, what I would probably do would uh, bring a small hammer with me, um, it, bust out the window as fast as I possibly could, and crawl out. Because uh, there's no way I would spend two weeks in this car. <laughs> so you have the French strategy of just yield. You just have the uh, exactly. the, uh, the, uh, the seed strategy. Excellent. What time is it now? It's uh, uh, 6.08, right? Yeah. So we are 52 minutes away from this. What time do they actually go inside? Is it 7 o'clock straight up? Seven o'clock straight up, and uh, it was actually going to be a little bit later than that uh, when we first got here. We, they were having tr- uh, difficulty finding the key. Really? <laughs> Please tell me that the key was uh, that they eventually found it, sort of Hollywood action movie style, up in the visor. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, we couldn't even get into the truck. It was they were they were scrambling through boxes and and whatever they could they could find. They're tearing open uh, yeah. you know packages just to try and find the key. I think oh the suggestion God. was made to uh, to to have the first challenge be who can whoever can break into this car gets like bonus points or gets to hang out at a lazy boy uh, recliner or something. I think that'd be that uh, Dustin guy. You know, I think he's an arsonist uh, too. I, he was an arsonist. I'm sure he's turned over yeah. a new leaf at this point. I have to say, Burning my money's down on the Jessica. truck to get into it is yeah. probably not the best way to win the contest. <laughs> Crawling right. through the jagged glass it really is the very definition of a Pyrrhic victory. All right. Uh, so <laughs> on that note, so we are going to uh, check in with uh, Court and Bobby again at 620. Court and Fatboy, they are out there at Dick Hanna Dodge, 4th Plain in Vancouver Auto Mall as we get ready to kick off uh, KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Before we do anything else, so let's take one moment here. Let's. Is it line two, Greg? Is that where I'm going? Here? It's Danette. All right, so let's now uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Danette, uh, Danette Voiko. Now, you are the you are the mother of uh, Dustin Voiko, correct? Yes. All right, and so uh, Dustin was here on Thursday, and he was. Did you know that he set fires? Was that a part of his life that you were privy to? Well, I knew about some of them, but probably not all of them. So you uh, you have uh, obviously you know a, a dog in this fight as they say. Now, have you given him any advice as to how to drive the other contestants out of the truck? I think he pretty much knows how to do that well enough on his own. Would you say that he's uh, developed uh, a many faceted personality, which could turn off-putting if he really needed to? In other words, could he uh, can he become irritating if the need arises? Oh yes. <laughs> oh, mother's love. All right, excellent. Um, right now, I mean, if you had to uh, call it, you think, I mean, just leaving aside all familial uh, loyalties and so forth, if you really just had to go with, you know, your, your honest gut sense, you think he can uh, make it all the way to the end? I really think he can. He's got a determination about him, and he's not going to really worry about anything but just sticking it out. Your son is not an American. <laughs> no. All right, excellent. All right, thank you, Danette. All right, there you go. That is uh, Danette Voidico. All right, we'll have another uh, update with Court and Fatboy coming up at 6.20. Also, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, Tim Riley has news later on this hour, and we'll talk to the owner of, yes, Hitler's Toilet. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's all straight ahead. Stay right there. Rock 101 KUFO, survive it and drive it. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Automall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's, Lazy Boy Furniture, Jackson's Food Stores, and 7-Up. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. Well, that's just true. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-228-4101. In uh, mere moments, we have another edition of Ball Talk. 
with uh, Greg Nibbler. And we'll also check in with Corton and uh, Fatboy. They are at Fourth Plane and Auto Mall Drive, Dick Hanna Dodge for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest, which begins at 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk to them in a second. We're going to get a, first of all, a description of what. What are you wearing? We're going to find out what everybody's sort of wearing as they get uh, inside, only because I think, well, because comfort probably in chafing becomes a bit of an issue. Plus, when did you say, when is it going to hit 94 degrees, Tim? Tomorrow. Oh, you know, and let's just be honest. I mean, there's, some of those contestants generate a little more of their own heat than others, so. Well, I think maybe we should know, like, what they smell like before they get into the car, too. Especially because they're all going to smell like each other uh, pretty oh, soon. God. I mean, they're really... all going to marinate in each other's smells. <laughs> Let me marinate in your smell. Um, <laughs> the, you know, it's like putting an onion in a fridge and suddenly everything smells like an onion, except everything's just going to smell like clackamas. And ask. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Monday morning. There'll be a celebration of the life of Charlie the Chimp tomorrow at the Oregon Zoo. A Portland man has been hurt teaching ice and rock demonstrations after a boulder snaps loose. The Coast Guard has rescued a hang glider that crashed into a cave. And we'll have more on the salacious life of John Edwards, who uh, apparently his uh, mistress is going to move to the same town. He tried to buy her off of the BMW. He tried to get somebody to falsify a DNA report and wanted one of his aides to take the blame for the child. I mean, you do under... Well, I'm just going to say, she seems like... She seems like an attractive woman, uh, you know, sort of in theory. In other words, if she hadn't clearly spent so much time under tanning lamps and I think sucking down uh, Marlboros most of the time, because she looks as though she's been made out of uh, like a leatherized version of herself at this point. The Riley Hunter, the John Edwards, the love child. She's getting ready to shed her skin. No, it's, just, it's like you get the feeling that somewhere there's a really, really, really good looking portrait of herself in an attic. Uh, well, one, she's an older Miley Cyrus. That's exactly right, Tim. <laughs> uh, it's 503-228-4101 at 7 o'clock KUFO. Survive It and Drive It contest begins. Fourth plane in Automall Drive. Dick Hanna Dodge, our very uncourt and fat boy from uh, Rock 101 uh, KUFO's afternoon show 3 to 7. They are there. We speak with them. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It update. Live from Dick Hanna Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Now. All right. So, uh, Court Fat Boy, so we are, what, about 35 minutes away from sealing everybody inside the Kavanagh's tomb known as the, uh, the Dick Hanna Dodge truck. That is correct. And here in about uh, five minutes, we're going to uh, go over the rules with everybody, make sure uh, everybody is absolutely clear on what is expected of them over the uh, next couple of weeks and uh, what they can do and what they cannot do so that uh, before we all go launching in, into this truck here, uh, we're all very, very clear. By the way, so, you should... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, uh, did you Do you have any rules in particular that you are going to uh, stress with them? Anything that you're going to give special emphasis to? If anything comes out of your body, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. The vehicle any... will be covered in shrink wrap so nobody can escape. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm looking here at the list of rules. I have the actual survive it and drive it uh, sort of regulations as put together by uh, KUFO's legal department. First of all, the best thing about this when it talks about violence, and it actually says at one point, because they're talking about the sort of verbal harassment, and I think it says no excessive verbal abuse inside the vehicle will be permitted. But then it notes that what constitutes excessive verbal abuse will be at the discretion of on-site judges. So apparently, like, some actual uh, abuse is tolerated. There's some amount of trash talking. You just can't do it to an excessive uh, level. And then it says, there. this is the most tantalizing phrase in the entire rules and regulations binder. It says, there will be no pushing, shoving, hitting, spitting, or any physical violence toward any of the other finalists, quote, to make them exit from the vehicle, end quote. So I think if it's just like to while away the hours by plucking out a guy's eye, uh, I think you may be in the clear. 
Yeah, I think so. As so long as you, you kind of lay it out ahead of time, this is not to get you to uh, leave the vehicle. It's simply to remove the eyeball from your head. Uh, yeah, I think you're, you're in the clear. Excellent. It's just like, you know, sort of, you know, you can snap a tooth off at the gum line as long as it's merely for your own amusement. It does actually say at one point, vomiting or bodily waste elimination will result in the immediate disqualification of, uh, of a finalist. But I, I think probably they won't need to vomit or expel anything from their body to begin putting off a serious funk. This is a good time to ask about uh, it, clothing. So what are the I contestants... I yeah, There's going to be like a hot uh, spell in a few days. We're going to have three or four days where it's like above 85 and a couple where it's, I think, one where it's above 90. So what are, they, uh, what are these guys wearing as they get inside the truck? Uh, okay, well, we'll go down the line here. Um, let's see, uh, what's what's your name? Or oh, you're oh, you're the contestant. What's your name? Dustin. Dustin. Okay, Dustin uh, is wearing a black hoodie. Uh, he's got some uh, long pants on, black shoes, and then the the, uh, the KUFO T-shirt underneath. And you do know this could be 94 tomorrow, right? I, I'm aware of that. I'm aware. Okay, uh, and uh, we got. Oh, what's your name, sir? Chad. Okay, Chad here is wearing. He's wearing uh, bells on his pants. Uh, he's also wearing flip flops and just a KUFO shirt. He is uh, definitely better ready for the 94 degree weather. However, uh, what about? Uh, are, you, are you a little cold right now? I, I am a little cold right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we we have well, what's your name, ma'am? Jessica. Jessica is wearing. Jessica was wearing a wrap blanket, and then uh, Court stepped up to her to stick a microphone in her face, and she, in response. Just flashed him, yeah. basically. Uh, uh, and awesome. so she's got uh, okay. flip-flops, uh, uh, shorts, mm-hmm. uh, KUFO shirt, and then yes, the, the the blanket with what's on the... It's one of those those fleece blankets uh, with a giant tagger on the back. Uh, very nice. Is it like a... And, s- and, uh, it's not like a Snuggie thing, is it? Slanket? No, it's, no, it's not a Snuggie. It's like... Uh, you know you know those uh, stands that they have like uh, by, by the Daylight Donuts or whatever on the corner of like 102nd? And, it, and it's got like, you know, 15 different varieties of yes. tagger going rawr. Yes. Into a, it's one of those. Oh, yeah. I have one of those clipped that has a unicorn on it. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, and then you, ma'am, what's your name? Katie. Katie uh, is wearing uh, kind of cloggy kind of shoes, long pants. L.A. Raiders jacket. Shirt. Uh, is it a Raiders jacket? No. no I'm just... uh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm winding uh, no, it. No, it's a fat farm clothing. OPB jacket. Yeah, that's right. OPB jacket and a, a tall boy shotgun hat. Uh, and so uh, Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, th- th- that's the that's the layout here. That's great. The by the way, uh, was it uh, was it Dustin who was just wearing like he, it sounds like not a lot of clothing, just like shorts and a shirt with bells. Uh, who yeah, was the, that, who no, was, that was, that was Chad. 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 Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that's fail right there. I mean, he you really ought to dress in layers. I think this is a thing everybody learned when they were. I mean, even if you you know even if you weren't a, a, a Boy Scout, I think we all understand that you got to wear multiple layers of clothing so that you can put on... Wait a minute, is being shirtless against the rules? Well, I was actually looking at the rules right. Being nude isn't against the rules, I don't think. Being it... nude is specifically not mentioned in the rules? I don't believe... So, I mean, there, there's no limit to the layers they can strip down to, then, is what you're saying. I, I don't believe that it actually says that you He's have to... through the rules right now. I don't think it says you have to keep clothing on. I mean, I'm looking right here. Maybe I've missed it, so I am not a lawyer. We uh, will scour during this next break. Yeah, I am not a... Okay. Uh, I'm not a licensed oh, wait, barrister, but... Susan Reynolds is right here. She would know. Oh, wait. Can they be nude at any point? No. It actually says... They have to wear the KUFO shirt. Is the that... shirt has to stay on. Are you... Okay, so they can the be shirt. nude... No. 
They, 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 can't, they cannot be nude from the waist down? No, and I'm going to add that into the rules right now. Uh, by the way, there I am looking go. at the rules. I'm saying it actually says no indecent exposure will be permitted. Okay. Uh, so if they all, wear the shirt around their booty. Well, it is worth noting that in Portland, <laughs> uh, women may go topless legally. It is not illegal, uh, although you're not yeah. in Portland. So if you're in Vancouver, so I don't know if the rules are, you know, maybe it's by the rules of Washington State or whatever, but it's it, it seems like there's a little bit of wiggle room there. But, yeah, I think right. that guy's going to regret uh, not bundling up a little more. That's going to end badly for him. Just my because favorite. we all know Vantucky's uh, rules of decorum are so much more strict. <laughs> They're a cosmopolitan people. Uh, Indeed. We will uh, check back with you guys at 6.55 as uh, the great in-sealing begins. So there you go. Uh, is... Su- Susan has just pointed out yes. to me in the rules that foul play is immediate grounds for disqualification from the final event, and no nudity will be allowed. So foul play meaning where you just give a guy like a blackened eye or something? Uh, foul play meaning um, you take off your KUFO shirt and let the moobs fly. That would be foul. <laughs> Letting the moobs fly. <laughs> ah, excellent. All right. So uh, six fifty-five. Uh, we'll check in as they are all uh, is that sort the of sound of his soul dying. Is that what yes, that it is? Yeah. Just a little bit, increment by increment. Uh, uh, I feel like, actually, I was going to say, I feel like Belloc, but really, you probably should feel like Belloc as they're getting ready to seal Indian Marion into the uh, into the tomb. You know, <laughs> who knows, Katie, in a thousand years, perhaps even you will be worth something. <laughs> All right, there you go. See, no, token laughter. I don't think that's even true. No laughter from inside the studio here, but at least you guys found that moderately amusing. I was laughing on the inside. Uh, whatever. All right, uh, Court and Fatboy, they are live at Dick Hanna Dodge, 4th Plane, and Auto Mall uh, Drive for uh, Survive and Drive, which kicks off at 6.55. Let's take a moment, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to close this out, and then we will have ball talk uh, with Greg Nibbler. That is uh, Survive and Drive, it kicking off at 6.55 right here on The Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101 KUFO Survive It and Drive It. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's. Lazy Boy Furniture. Jackson's Food Stores. And 7-Up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, we've got a quick ball talk here. So uh, in NFL news, a couple of records were set. Kurt Warner broke the NFL record for completion percentage in a game. Brett Favre started his NFL record 271st straight game. That's, of course, after retiring twice. Uh, the Jets, who talked tons of smack about the Patriots on Friday, actually backed it up. They said that they wanted to embarrass the Patriots, and they did that. They beat the Patriots 16-9, holding them without a touchdown. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys lost their opener in their new 1.2 billion dollar home stadium in front of an NFL record 105,000 people. They uh, lost this home opener to who? Oh, only my selection for the Super Bowl champions, the New York Giants. I boldly declared this two weeks ago, and I have yet to be proven wrong. The prophecy continues it unabated. Does. Keep your bets on the Giants. Uh, in college football, we had a giant shocker. UW out of nowhere after going an astonishing 0-12 last year. Knocked off USC, number three team in the country. They've uh, actually gone into the rankings at number 24 for this week, which I think is a bit of an overestimate. I think they're still going to end up sucking for this year, but they did get lucky and beat USC. So congratulations to them. Um, U of O is back on track after ending Utah's 
16-game winning streak, so they uh, possibly could recover their season. OSU, not so much. Oregon State once again managed to screw up a good thing. Uh, they were on the way to beating Cincinnati, but they managed to uh, lose that. They're kind of like the nerdy guy who was like nerdy and flabby and then worked on themselves a whole bunch and got themselves looking good and took care of their hygiene, but they still get nervous when the hot chick comes around. That's kind of what OSU does every year. They managed to screw it up somehow, so they uh, they lost. And uh, I was right on at least one out of my three picks this weekend. Nebraska fans did end up crying as they lost a heartbreaker to Virginia Tech, and that was absolutely awesome watching them ball. So that concludes so this week. Yes, it was wonderful. I like to see those guys ball. Oh. I think it's uh, I think it's great. That's how I while away my hours at home. <laughs> Greg Nibbler's ball talk, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, they saved Hitler's toilet, and we'll interview the man who owns it. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Insert Middle East country here for comic effect. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO. Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101. Straight ahead today, we will have an interview with uh, Mr. Greg Kofeld. He owns Hitler's Toilet. Uh, we will also talk about last night's episode of Mad Men. And at 6.55, we will talk to Gordon Fatboy. They are at Dick Hanna Dodge, fourth plane in Automall Drive. Uh, as we get ready to kick off KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. That is coming up at 7 o'clock, so we'll talk to those guys a few minutes for 6.55. And a major concert announcement at 7.20. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 644 now. Get ready for another heat wave with highs today in the upper 80s. 90s tomorrow. The life of Charlie the Chimpanzee will be celebrated at the Oregon Zoo in a special memorial service tomorrow morning at 11. Everyone's invited. There'll be dances, drummers, and African traditions, all part of the send-off of the longtime performer who passed away last week at the age of 39. A Portland man has been hurt during an ice and rock training class on Mount Hood. He was demonstrating his craft before 15 students when a large boulder snapped loose, causing him to fall. The victim will recover. I think you should eventually. probably get your uh, money back if you paid him to train you. That's true. Unless the training was how to scream and bleed. The Coast Guard has rescued a hang glider who crashed into the shoreline at Cape Lookout over on the coast. A helicopter pilot spotted the victim huddled in a cave with the wreckage of his hang glider nearby. Courtney Love flew into a rage during a New York Fashion Week event when a fellow reveler accidentally caught her on the toilet. The famous whole singer was partying at the New York Times-style magazine bash in the Big Apple when she headed to the bathroom. Love got a shock when guest Sebastian Carnaby opened the door and saw her with her skirt down, and she allegedly went nuts. God, imagine just the scrubbing you would have to give your corneas to get rid of that image. Oh. God almighty. She stormed out screaming. I'm going to get you thrown out. So she jumped on the fellow, went crazy, and dragged him over to the security guard with an arm, claiming he attacked her in the ladies' room. They were trying to calm her down, and she was out of control. She was like a possessed demon. 
The yeah, fellow says, I absolutely did not attack her. I was trying to get away. Yeah, she's like a possessed demon. Imagine Thankfully, the... she remembered to pull up that skirt. I was just going to send you open a door, and you have to see Courtney Love with her skirt up, and you get a, a good eyeful of her business. And then she actually leaps on you. I mean, just to make sure that you get, like, the full panoramic view of the whole situation. And, and the admittance is, I never wanted to see Courtney Love on the toilet. Who could disagree? It was not a pretty sight. You speak for us all, sir. Straight ahead, we will talk to Court and Fatboy. They are live at Dick Canada Dodge, fourth plane in Automall Drive, as we get ready to kick off KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. At 6.55, the contest itself begins at 7 o'clock with the great in-sealing of all four contestants into the vehicle. 7.20, a major concert announcement we'll talk about last night's Mad Men. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Indeed, the Rick Emerson Show now goes live to Court and Fatboy. They are live at uh, Decana Dodge 4th Plane in Auto Mall Drive, where in just minutes... Uh, we will be sealing the four contestants for KUFO Survive It and Drive It Contest into the truck, where they will be spending the next hours, days, weeks of their lives. The last person uh, to be uh, left inside wins the truck. Uh, Court Fatboy, what is the mood in the air? Well, the uh, the games have already begun uh, because uh, Chad uh, apparently sprayed himself with some sort of like garlic type cologne. Um, so he reeks of garlic, which uh, Jessica countered by uh, dousing herself in uh, in perfume. I'm mm-hmm. I'm standing about uh, four feet away from her outside, and my eyes are tearing up at the amount of, of perfume that she has on right now. Oh God, this is yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of smiles though. Um, I would think people would be a lot more despondent at the idea of. To sit in this truck, but people seem to be happy, which makes me wonder how clearly they've thought this through, or if they've had any um, any caffeine at all. Because you got to figure that they're already calculating how not to have to use the facilities very yeah. often, right? There's right. some gal well, being hugged not once but twice. I'm sorry, hold on. I'm, wa- I'm watching on camera, and there's some gal being hugged not once but twice. Okay, so there's yes, a, that was Jessica. Yes, all right. They just piled in. They're, they're now in the vehicle. They've a just rather inauspicious, in. unceremonious start. They have just all climbed into the vehicle, and uh, that's it. They're in there. The, the windows seated. are down, and uh, it it, uh, it looks very cramped. Now uh, everybody's brought a blanket. Everybody's uh, kind of sitting there. Now they're allowed to take in, you know, as I always say, the, the clothes on their backs and one blanket. I think that is it. That's uh, and they're not allowed to have any uh, any uh, reading material. Which I know that probably many of them were just that close to finish the collected works of James Joyce, and now that's going to have yeah, to be put you, off. You, you would think that the people who volunteer to try and win a truck for two weeks would be the most, you know, liter- literary types. But yeah, nobody brought a book, which is amazing. So uh, Finnegan's it's a little astounding. Were they were they allowed to bring a book? <laughs> No, they're not there. They, I don't think they can take anything they have. I think really our voices are the only source of amusement they may have. That and uh, each other, and apparently trying not to retch from uh, you know the garlic slash perfume scent there. So, based on your interaction with them, you guys uh, had a chance to talk to all four of them. I mean, we did. But I didn't we go didn't... near these people. <laughs> looking, looking at them through a chain link fence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're looking at them like they're in the polar bear enclosure. <laughs> do you have a sense from just seeing them or, or seeing the way they interacted? Do you have a gut sense about who might take an early lead, at least in the mental game? I believe Chad's the only one's even taking this mental game seriously, honestly. 
I, I, everyone else just seems to be very laid back and uh, chill about this, and I don't know if anyone's even prepared to attempt to hurt anyone else's feelings, where, where Chad is going for all-out uh, sense assault. Yeah. Every, uh-huh. Everyone else just seems to be pretty pansified about it, honestly, to tell the truth. I thought there was going to be a lot more talking Yang, yeah. um, a lot more psychological games. Um, I, I'm serious. I, I don't even know if any of these people in the truck can actually afford the insurance, honestly. Like, yeah. They think they're just going to get a free truck and then you know throw a party in the back of it. They're going to have to pay for this thing at some point Let- when they I get it. No one's even asked that good question. Point. I'm, I'm going to ask. Can you all affo- afford insurance? Are you all you're all good for insurance? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Everybody's good for insurance. You, are you? You do realize you're going to have to pay taxes on this vehicle as well. Yep. Okay. They they all seem to know. They're all aware. So uh, looking at them all going in like this, and as you just found out, they they all believe that they can do it. They all think they're going to make it to the end. One of the questions that we had repeatedly, and I don't think we've ourselves found an answer to it. So they get out every three hours for 15 minutes to use the bathroom or, you know, stretcher or what have you. A, in terms of distance, how close are the bathrooms to the truck? And B... Are there enough bathrooms for everybody? Like, could two of them well, get in and just block up the bathroom for all 15 minutes? No, okay, that's actually in the rules. The The bathrooms are about 50 feet away, and uh, they each get seven minutes. You get a maximum ah. of seven minutes uh, in the bathroom. So they know that. They've been told that uh, ahead of time. So, no, you can't just block up the bathroom. But there are only two bathrooms. So there's no, you can't, uh, like, there's no, no bogarting the facilities. No. All right. Uh, and by the way, if you go to uh, KUFO.com, you can see uh, more about this. And, Tim, you're watching the webcam as we speak, are you not? I am right now. Uh, is there, it, uh, there's a uh, rotund fellow with some green thing wrapped around him in the driver's seat. Uh, that would be... Wait, is that Chad? That's Chad. That is that Chad. Is Chad. Um, by the way, I'm at KUFO.com right now. I'm looking at their... Um, I'm looking at the, the, the photos that they submitted of themselves or the photos that were taken in the hallway. And Chad has this look on his face as though... The look on Chad's face is though he was either caught halfway through a sneeze or perhaps this is the expression he makes when he is uh, mocking a developmentally delayed person, perhaps in schoolyard fashion. I This can't be the state of his face in just like its normal relaxed pose. That raises all kinds of disturbing and not too flattering no, questions. I've seen his face uh, for, for most of the time he's been out here, and it's been pretty relaxed, and he looks uh, very blank. Almost vapid, actually. He's, it's the thousand-yard stare. He's got the private Joker uh, stare going on that you must develop over time. I have to say, this photo of Jessica is very cute. Um, I, uh, I think I have a good feeling about her. I, uh, I think that really? Jessica's got... I think she, I- I think she brought her child, which seems to me like a big mistake. Well, no, like because she just, she just sealed herself away in this vehicular tomb, and she's got like her baby that she's not going to see for two weeks here. On wouldn't that be like traumatic? That was no. probably forethought. That, that was probably realizing that that kid is annoying, and she wants to get away from it for at least two weeks. <laughs> this is vacation. Well, wait a minute. Now, Jessica's from Salem, is she not, Sarah? I believe so. She was the divorcee. Well, look. Let's be honest. It's so it's no it's no different than going to visit mommy in county. You know what I mean? It's like you, <laughs> you know, no touching. Uh, you know, you talk. To, talk to each other on a phone, and uh, you know, and then a guy pats you down for files and the uh, you know and drugs. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's, it's like old home week, as they say. I I'll say this is probably the first time I've seen them interact. Right now, uh, Jessica and and Katie, uh, yeah. they're 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 actually talking in the back seat. The guys are just kind of sitting there quietly. Uh, this is the first time of the day that I've seen them actually acknowledge each other. Maybe they're talking about something exciting they saw on Soul Train the other night. <laughs> Hello? Is this on? Can you hear me in the back? All right. 
Uh, all right, Court and Fatboy, they are live at Dick Hanna Dodge, uh, Fourth Plane, and Auto Mall Drive. In fact, we will be out there. Sarah, uh, Dylan, and I will be out there this afternoon Ooh. from 4 to 6. And uh, all throughout the week, uh, Sarah, Tim Riley, Greg Nibbler, myself, we will be rotating uh, shifts, and we will be out there in the afternoon uh, during the Court and Fatboy show. And, uh, hey, real quick, i got, I yes. got to thank our uh, one of our sponsors. Uh, Jackson's uh, brought out uh, some, some coffee for us. So uh, Jackson's, with virtually no lines and great new taste, it's grounds for excitement. Mm. Just for those guys, though, not for the people in the truck. That's right. They get nothing but pain. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, Court Fatboy, thank you. I knew you guys were up, but just this is the crack of dawn uh, getting out there. So, uh, in fact, even before the crack of dawn, so m- much obliged Indeed. for uh, for doing that. We'll All right, be talking during our nap time too. We will be. Uh, <laughs> that's right, and see that that's the other thing is like so we'll be talking this sacrifice. afternoon, and we'll be dead on our feet today when we talk to you, and I won't be able to string two syllables together. So, all right, fair awesome. enough. Yeah, there you go, Court and Fatboy, ladies and gentlemen, part of KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Rock one hundred and one KUFO Survive It and Drive It from Dick Hanadodge in the giant Vancouver. Automob. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's, Lazy Boy Furniture, Jackson's Food Stores, and 7-Up. This is the Rick Emerson Show for all your cult-like devotion. And you just keep going on and on about the, the size of his talent. On Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at 740, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Talk about last night's Mad Men episode, which was awesome. I'm just going to read this one email here. Rick, great episode of Mad Men. That scene, you know the one I'm talking about, caught me totally off guard. I didn't see it coming. I need to know what scene this is. Well, I'm going to have to reveal it. That's the thing. Like, it's not a spoiler in the sense that, I mean, it is like you you don't expect it and then it happens. But it doesn't affect really um, the ongoing. For example, let's say, um, hey, I'm hearing hearing the channel open there. Are you? Yeah, right. There you go. Thank you. Is that me? No, that was, Uh was that your computer? If that is so, then we have audio. From the truck. Yeah, there oh, is. I don't ne- trust that. No, I neither do <laughs> I. There, let's see. If is you, there any way that I can fix that? Oh, and I see it. I'm going to turn it all the way down. Okay, you can pop me back up. I turned it down. So if you go to kufo.com, uh, you know we have the webcam that is up. Uh, Somebody is already eating. Well, of course, Tim. I mean, it's been it's <laughs> it been seven been. minutes. <laughs> Baby starved. Baby got to keep her strength up. Uh, so you can go and you can check out Survive It and Drive It. You can watch everybody in the webcam. They were just sealed in there uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, it, it's uh, we're going to have ongoing progress. Don't forget, Sarah and I will be out there today from four. Six as well. I'm so. excited. It's all very exciting. Uh, <laughs> but imagine, if you will, that we were here doing the show, and then, like, I don't like a bowling ball fell through the ceiling, uh, you know, and like smashed something. And then, you know, we went, "Oh, that! What, how weird is that?" And we panicked for a while. But then the next day, things are back to normal. It was sort of like that on Mad Men last night. There's a thing that is not going to really derail the forward momentum of the show or really change anybody's lives forever, so to speak. Um, but. It, it, it caught everybody, I think, who watched that show off guard last night. It was really just unbelievable. So uh, we'll talk about Mad Men with Christy Turnquist here in a moment. Major concert announcement coming up here in just a few minutes as well. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, for the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 717. Here comes a heat wave. Did you hear that down there in the truck? Bundle up and throw those comforters on each other. You're going to need it. All right, temperatures today in the 80s, 90s tomorrow, and 90s the day after that. Two have been killed in a helicopter crash in Forest Grove. Trainer Douglas Doty of Beaverton and student Thomas Hagner of Hillsboro died at the scene in a field about a mile from paved roads. The chopper came down. The chopper was from the Hillsboro Airport where pilots are trained. 
About 35000 turned down for the annual Susan G. Corman Race with a Cure, raising over $3 million nationally for cancer research yesterday. From Florida comes word the Orange County Health Department is warning people to take precautions while swimming in local lakes and ponds. Where is that, Tim? Where? Florida. That was me. That was all me. <laughs> Nothing but me. Pure that Rick. That was the remix. Amanda's been hospitalized after ingesting an amoeba. An amoeba can cause an infection by traveling up the nose to the brain and the spinal cord. This happens during activities such as swimming, diving, water skiing, and wakeboarding. Don't let it happen to you. So from uh, the television last night, we had the Emmy Awards, and a lot of people had talked about them, so uh, apparently they were worthwhile. Uh, some of the high points include Tina Fey joking about the crew of 30 Rock while accepting the award for outstanding comedy series. We want to thank our, our everyone on our, our crew in Long Island City, uh, every, every person who works on the show, from everybody, including Scotty at the front desk, who always says, have a nice weekend, every day of the week. He says, have a nice weekend. A surprise, Matthew Weiner says he's proud that Mad Men won the Emmy for Outstanding Dramatic Series. I can't believe this. What an incredible year. Oh, yeah, I can't. It was a big shock to everybody. I, uh, we, want, we all want to thank the, the, the voting members of the Academy for uh, recognizing our show again. We worked very hard to not have it stink the second year, and we're very proud to be here. Yeah, it was a real stunner. Everybody expected Army Wives to, uh, to sweep hands down. <laughs> Uh, so he, so Mad Men won Best Drama, but then John Hamm, and did January Jones win as well? I don't think so. I think it was, who won Best Dramatic Actress, do we know? I'm looking John up. Hamm, I think, won Best Dramatic Actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the entire list in front of me, and now I've, uh, now I've, I've set it, it aside. It. Uh, it, but you know, Mad Men was, I mean, it really cleaned up last night. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris tells jokes. What about Kanye West? All right, it's my job to keep things moving tonight. I am here to ensure that everything runs smoothly. Here's hoping Kanye West likes 30 Rock. Uh, I know it was Glenn Close. Glenn Close won for Damages. I didn't even know that show was still on the air. Damages, which is on FX, which I watched for the first uh, season, and then I just it just became unbearable. I, uh, I wasn't able to do it. Here's the thing about Glenn Close. What an unlikely uh, star and celebrity she is. Just She's an odd-looking woman. I'm not even going to say that she's, that she's unattractive, but there's a certain kind of... She has a certain kind of beaky pinched quality to her i it's, she was pretty when she was young though but she was still a little strange looking see i don't know that that's as true as what about fatal attraction see no 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 see that's the thing go back and watch i was just talking to lara about this the other day we were watching lara she had, does have creepy fuzzy hair in it well lara had never seen lots jagged uh, uh, lots of split ends. she'd never seen jagged edge and i was pointing out that jagged edge was a very controversial film in its day and very compelling and it was you know joe esterhaus and you know whatever and uh, and, and so we got jagged edge because i wanted i was like oh you got to see this it caused quite a stir when it came out and even in Jagged Edge, she was looking a little mannish. Uh, and I said, see, you know, how weird it is that she was cast as this sort of sex symbol, you know, and she was the love interest. And Lara said the same thing. She's like, what about Fatal Attraction? I think if you were to go back and watch Fatal Attraction now, I think you would be surprised that she was cast as the seductress. I, again, I'm not saying she's unattractive, but by Hollywood standards, I don't think she was ever really a great beauty. I think Greg is with me on that, too, the uh, the Glenn Close thing. Yes, absolutely. She is not uh, She is not attractive. I mean, I think it worked for her in Fatal Attraction, though, because the deal is she's the girl that like you probably shouldn't sleep with, but you kind of, but in a moment of weakness, you do. Pretty, and... She's striking, even though she's strange-looking. You know, like She does a very good 
physique and she's tan and she like May- looked all arty. Maybe a few beers into it, maybe. Right. Yeah. If you met her at a motel in Omaha. They did meet at a bar. <laughs> in the Cattleman's Convention. Exactly. If she was the last person sitting there at the Holiday Inn uh, rail putting down a, uh, you know, putting down a gin and tonic, you, 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 know, you might go, well, I'm a long way from home. What could happen? All right, here's Tim Riley. John Cryer had nothing to cry about after accepting the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor for the comedy series Two and a Half Men. You know, uh, I, I, I used to think that uh, awards were just shallow tokens of momentary popularity. But now, <laughs> I realize they are the only true measure of a, a person's real worth as a human being. See, I like guys who clearly have, I mean, they have equal parts recognition and uh, gratitude for the award, but they're also a little bit grounded about it, uh, like the way that guy is. So, I mean, well, he's been like constantly ignored for 20 years. John, especially for a guy who was always, I mean, you know, he did the, uh, the what's it, 16 Candles? Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, like a generation ago. That's the thing. So he was, everybody thought he was going to be the next big deal and he was going to be such a huge. And then what did he really do? I think he did that. What was that movie he did? Um, it was called uh, the, the the Real Thing or True Obsession or something or other. It was like his supposed to be his big breakthrough romantic comedy role uh, in maybe like eighty nine ninety, and then it didn't really come together. I don't even know what John Cryer did between nineteen. Like, what did he do between Pretty in Pink and and this and Two and a Half Men? Anyone? I, I think he was on a lot of sitcoms that didn't last and were never watched. I mean, that's he's sort of the. Uh, he's probably on some Lifetime movies. The Tay Leone in that sense. Well, and like Jenna Elfman. Like, who knew that Jenna Elfman was ever going to be given a show again? I com- Here's the thing with Jenna Elfman, because I guess she's on that Accidentally on Purpose show. That's the new deal she's launching. Mm-hmm. I forgot she was even alive. I mean, I not that I thought she was dead. I forgot she existed. I forgot there was a person named Jenna Elfman until I heard an ad for that show. Yeah, she seems unnecessary. She drops off the radar. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So Suzanne Summers says Patrick Swayze should not have used chemotherapy. She thinks Patrick Swayze could be alive today if he used alternative oh, wow. methods to treat his pancreatic cancer instead of cre- uh, chemothera- chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is what he's getting now. <laughs> yes, I would think so. Uh, the former Three's company star uh, was diagnosed, even I thought that was funny, with breast cancer and rejected chemotherapy. I shouldn't be laughing about this. Uh, so she said, no, he shouldn't have done it. It seems like there's a... Uh... It seems like there's a chemosabi joke in there somewhere, and I, but I just uh, there's it's too many layers down. I don't know how to find it. Yeah, maybe he can uh, ask Jenny McCarthy how to cure something next time. Hey, speaking of blondes who are on tour for things, is it true that not not like right away, but at some point in the not too distant future, we're going to talk to Alicia Silverstone? I think in studio. It in is studio? in the works. It is in the works. Really? Yes. She'll be sitting. Uh, she'll be here in the studio with us. Oh my god! Uh, I am trying not to get myself too excited, even though wow. of it is uh, overwhelming. I am such a fangirl. I mean, anyone who's any woman who's my age, like grew Clueless. up around Clueless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Clueless, like was my high school movie. Clueless, and then that trifecta of uh, of Aerosmith videos she oh, did. Oh yeah. I yeah. just hope she wears the Catholic schoolgirl dress. That's all I'm saying. You are so creepy. And then she cries. You, uh, we, you know, you should have them fill out a questionnaire beforehand, like the survive it and drive it folks had to do the what food don't you like. You should do what makes you cry. You know, uh, kittens with one leg, and then you just, you know, mysteriously, look, it's Greg Nibbler, one-legged kitten. I'll figure it out. I just remember this about Elise. We can't get sidetracked in Elise Silverstone, but... Uh, I loved her in Excess Baggage. I Really? <laughs> yes. You and... No. You. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody kind of poked fun at the fact that she, you know, that she had an up and down there with her weight for a while, and then she was in... The Crush. Goddamn Batman. And was it Batman and Robin, or was it Batman... 
Forever? What the hell was that movie she did? Batman Forever, because I remember the seal's kiss from a rose was the theme to that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so she did that, and everybody kind of poked fun of the fact that she seemed to have uh, added a few pounds. But I have to tell you, first of all, it doesn't matter because she's still hot. She's a girl who is, you know, she's a girl who is cute no matter how much she weighs or doesn't weigh. It doesn't matter. As the weight goes up and down, she's, she still stays cute. Because she's the, And the thing about Alicia Silverstone is she's not just cute. I always draw these little lines of demarcation. She's sexy, too. And it's and sexy is not a, you know sexy has nothing to do with your weight sexy you know is you know that 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 is a thing that you either have or you don't doesn't matter. I just remember she did that cover for Rolling Stone magazine in 1996 I think, and it was her in a cowboy hat and like this pink outfit and she was sort of like crouching down. It was just like the coolest thing ever. So um, I in no way uh, still have that at home. Filed away in the footlocker for the here's Tim Riley. David Hasselhoff was taken to the hospital last night after his daughter sounded an alarm that he'd be drinking in excess. 17-year-old Haley Hasselhoff, who was at home with Dad, called her mother Pamela, claiming David was extremely drunk. One of Pamela's friends called 911. Paramedics arrived at the family home in Encino and took him away. They were supposed to uh, release him last night, but nobody knows what happened. So, are we all uh, are we all in agreement that there really ought to be a David Hasselhoff TV show, uh, yes. some sort of reality program? Reality I mean, program that has to have been pitched to him by now, right? I mean, that's a thing that they have to have. Somebody has to have thought of that by now. I just feel so sorry for his seventeen-year-old daughter. Oh yeah, no, no, he had to be. That's just that's messed up. He ought to be taken on somewhere and beaten with a chair. All right, it'd be great if there was a little bit more room in that pickup truck. We could fit him in the back seat. Oh, by the way, uh, well, actually, two things here. So, a in just a moment, uh, we are about ninety seconds away. We're going to do a major concert announcement. So, you want to be listening for that. We have a major concert announcement that we are going to do here in just a uh, skosh, as our uh, Asian friends say. Uh, B, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. uh, She's going to be here at seven forty. We'll talk about last night. Batman. I've got this. I'm looking at the text message here. It says, by the way, the girl in the back of the truck has not stopped eating. What is up with that? No, she just has something to drink. Who is the girl in the back of the truck? I believe that's Katie. Really? She's got to keep her hating strength up. All right. Uh, let's do one more here, and then we'll have our uh, our concert announcement, Tim Riley. Uh, President Obama is gearing up for another late-night talk show visit. He'll be a guest on tonight's edition of... Late night with David Letterman. Obama will be the only guest. He's been on the show before, but not since he became president. Obama's Letterman visit will mark his second late night talk show appearance since he took office. In March, he visited the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. But since nobody watched, nobody remembers. The visit uh, made him the first sitting president to appear on a late night show. Awesome, good for him. And, you know, and good for Letterman. That's a th- that is a poll that you know only Letterman's people can really get that way because he's uh, you know because. He's such a great interviewer, as opposed to Leno, who just sort of sits there blankly looking at his three-by-five cards, wondering if something better and more amusing will spontaneously appear on them. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 740, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We will talk about last night's Mad Men uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, ladies and uh, gentle folk, we'll have uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles uh, recapping last night's Emmys. We've got more sound from that. I still haven't played the Jimmy Fallon thing. The Jimmy oh. Fallon cut, his moment at the Emmys last night was really that, as I sometimes say, was worth your price of admission uh, right there. That was uh, that was quite stunning. Plus, more news from Tim Riley. Also, a pair of tickets to see Pearl Jam. That is coming up uh, at some point before the end of the show. All right, we've been uh, talking about this all morning. We've had the Survive it and Drive it thing going on. We've been talking about this major concert announcement. So Without further ado, we can now confirm, right here on the Rick Emerson Radio Show on Rock 101 KUFO, we can confirm, we can confirm again that this is going to be happening November 17th, 2009, the KISS Alive 35 2009 American Tour will be coming to the Rose Garden. That will be coming to the Rose Garden November 17th, 
2009, the Kiss Alive 35 2009 North American Tour. Now, tickets go on sale this coming Saturday, as it's, uh, September 6th, uh, September 26th, rather, at 10 a.m. Uh, they can be purchased at the Rose Quarter box office or at all Tickets West locations, or you can call uh, 1-877-789-ROSE or at ComcastTicks. Dot com. Incredible show will feature a new stage set, py- uh, uh, pyro effects that only the, quote, hottest band in the land, end quote, could deliver. And all new costumes, Kiss Alive 35 North America, also marks the first leg of the world's first fan-routed tour. So the thing about this is, this is kind of like they were doing with uh, the ex with the Wolverine movie a while back, where fans went to kissonline.com, uh, and they were actually voting for where they wanted the band to go. And so the fans effectively went online to this sort of interactive map, and they plotted the band's tour route for them, which is awesome. So that will be coming along with Buckcherry. Buckcherry is going to be the opening act for that. That is Kiss Alive 35, the 2009 North American tour. It is coming to the Rose Garden in Portland, uh, November 17th, uh, which is just uh, less than two months away uh, at this point. So tickets go on sale this Saturday. But of course, we are going to be giving those away before you can buy them. And in fact, if you are caller 10 right now, at 503-228-4101. If you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to win a pair of tickets to see KISS at the KISS Alive 35 Tour at the Rose Garden, November 17th. Again, they go on sale this Saturday, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you, yes, you, win a pair of tickets to see KISS. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and uh, gentle folk, you stay there. Coming up next, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will talk about Mad Men from last night and more news from Tim Riley. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Mark 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Look, if we're going to make out, you're not going to give me typhus or something, right? I mean, can we just uh, can we have an honest discussion about that? This is Rock 101. Okay. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Sometimes I myself have no idea why I've said things. That yeah, that was a little strange. No. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, the top of the hour, we have... Uh, it, it really is just... 500 pounds of mud in a three-pound sack today. That really is, is what it is. Um, doing uh, more updates on Survive It and Drive It, which is uh, underway right now at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, Fourth Plain and Auto Mall Drive. More news from Tim Riley. Uh, a supplementary installment of Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. We'll check in with uh, Jim Roop, CNN Radio Los Angeles, about last night's Emmys and so forth, plus a, a pair of tickets to see uh, Pearl Jam. More news from Tim Riley here in a moment. Tim, what headlines are we following for the good people of Portland? Well, everybody is eating. In back of the truck again. I'm looking at this text <laughs> message. A short break. This text message just says, "OMG, she's still eating." At this rate, she probably won't make it through the second break. This is Katie. The uh, yes. yes, it is Katie. Yeah. Well, you know that uh, you know that hate doesn't power itself. One has to carb load for that kind of a thing. What has she eaten so far? Can we do a tote board? I can't really tell. It looks like a sandwich right now. It looks like a donut. Maybe, Maybe you say like it's out of the question that it's a sandwich made of donuts. No, now she's just kind of chewing. Yeah. You can't really tell what she's sticking in. Well, she's so hungry. She can't chew and talk. Well, that's probably yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, some folks can multitask, some folks can't. Can we please bring a boombox out there today and play a bunch of rap music for her? Yes, yes, we can. All right. Okay. The uh, skate insane killer has been apprehended, thumbing all the more reason not to pick up hitchhikers. Uh, somebody has decided it might not be a good idea to take uh, killers to the county fair and turn them loose. Oh, come on now. What's the, what's the it, fun, it, it then? It might not happen again. All right. uh, Portland condo auction over the weekend, a rousing success. People got 
Condos were pennies on the dollar. Really? Yes. All right. Uh, so we have more news from Tim Riley on the way. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, our good friend, the uh, incredibly patient and gracious Christy Turnquist, who it just it, everything is running Aww. so behind today. It's we're okay. not even gonna get, unfortunately we're not even going to get to talk to the Hitler's toilet guy today. So he, <laughs> he is a working man. He is a, a garage, as they say in, in New Jersey. So uh, that's going to be tomorrow. We will talk uh, uh, to this guy Ken, who owns Hitler's toilet, which is, I mean, really an irreplaceable opportunity. So I'm going to yeah. have to. Ask him how much he'd sell it to me for, just so I could, you know. <laughs> you know you're going to buy it. Well, I mean, they don't want us to pay for one's retirement somehow. I, you know. I, <laughs> I feel bad for the Hitler's toilet guy. I, he got bumped. I, I'm just I'm just saying. Well, you know, he has things to do. He's, uh, he's got stuff to fix. He's got, the, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's talk about last night's Emmys before we do anything else. Oh, yeah. Because the weekend box office was pretty lame, right? Yeah, it was just it was uh, lame. Jennifer's Body, which is the one thing I wanted to see. Yeah. Actually, no one saw it. It was like number six or something. El Tanko. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was sort of Dullsville. I mean, the number one movie was yet another animated feature. This one's getting pretty good reviews, but it's another 3D animated feature, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, adaptation of a popular kid's book. Right. Um, and then we go down to, um, well, the latest Jennifer Aniston movie also bombed, Love Happens. Oh, that is that where really Aaron bad. Eckhart's Did like a... He's like a like a motivational speaker yeah, or something. Like it was Robbins a sequel. Type. It was a sequel to Management. I know you love that movie, don't you? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stand Jennifer Aniston. I don't want to see her in anything. I, she needs when, to take some time off. Wait a minute. Yeah. Where the when did you start hating Jennifer Aniston? Oh, she is ridiculously annoying. I've never liked. her. <laughs> I thought she was America's sweetheart. No, are you kidding me? I She's thought we all pulled for her and... against Brad uh, against Brad Pitt. No Angelina. way. Oh yeah. I I've misread you no, all this time. She's a succubus. She's a succubus. I think. Wow. She's this horrible. is Jennifer Aniston you're talking <laughs> about? Jennifer Aniston, she's so annoying, and her, like, woe is me act is so Maybe well, she should have starred in Jennifer's body. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I can get with you on that, that I'm tired of hearing her uh, bemoan her lack of success with men. At a certain point, you got to start dating a different kind of guy. Yeah, it's her fault for dating John Mayer. I just didn't really think that Jennifer Aniston was somebody anybody could actually work up animosity toward. Like, I don't I think a lot of, I don't know, I don't think I'm alone in this. I mean, I can see maybe not being into her, but I... I'm I, awfully tired of her. I mean, that's my thing, is like maybe tired of She's her. She's omnipresent. She just seems screechy and unlikable. I guess. I mean, <laughs> it seems like taking the time to work up a lot of anger towards Sandra Bullock. Like, I just don't even have the energy. Even if I did, I just, I'm sort of, in, I'm indifferent, I think, at worst. See, I don't mind Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I like, Jennifer I like Sandra Bullock. I don't want to see just her anyone who has like, but... Yeah, who's like a, a billionaire and has like a pity party for herself every day. You could buy a you know, man of nothing else. That, just Jennifer seriously. Aniston. That's right, in your face. Uh, <laughs> and the, yeah, Jennifer's body totally tanked. Yeah, Megan Fox's uh, wonderful thespian career has hit another speed bump after all of her exciting interviews and those fine performances she delivered yeah. in the Transformers movie. Um. Yeah, this was a stiff. Well, I kind of suspected that, you know, Diablo Cody seems like she's, uh, I think Juno is probably an aberration. Let's call it that. Let's just call it what it is. I yeah, mean, although, you know, this TV series that she wrote won an Emmy last night for Tony Collette. Oh, man, um, but, you know, I've read some of her writing, like she does blogging or whatever, columns online. And, and she writes for Entertainment Weekly, and that's yeah. lame. Honest to blogging, It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that thing of like a thousand monkeys <laughs> in a room inadvertently typing the words of Shakespeare. It's you, like you know manifest. What, you know what people are spending their money on? It says, Twilight tickets to selling out Two months early. Twilight New Moon wow. for this at the second the second thing mm-hmm. in the Twilight right. Saga. Let's talk about uh, speaking of Emmy. So last night Tony Collette won an Emmy for for that show, and yeah, then United States of Terror, and which I, I've never seen. I hear great things about it, but I it's one of those things that I haven't been able to I haven't been able to watch it. It's under yeah. my radar. I misspoke though when I said that John and Ham won for Mad Men because it wasn't. It was, it was what Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. That guy totally deserves it. What a soul crushing but unbelievably great program I've that is. I've never seen an, an oh. episode of Breaking Bad. It is it is just like having your soul filled with bits of gritty sand paper like uh, uh, uh you know dirt uh, <laughs> you know i mean that's the thing is you watch that show and it's not even that it's not even that you feel depressed or down after watching breaking bad it's just that you feel 
you just feel like you're grimy. Uh, you feel like your I, soul I is... I watched it. I'm missing out. It's covered in a this layer like of a just of painful filth. Um, it's a bleak show. That's yeah, what that's what Breaking Bad is. It's, it's grim. Well, and especially since he, you know, was best known before this for Malcolm in the Middle. Totally. The dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's range. Um, and I guess that's why he's won two in a row. Although I'm still... You know, annoyed that Hugh Laurie has never won one for House. And I know a lot of people are sick of House, but I love Hugh Laurie, and I think he's done a great job on that. I think that's the thing, too, is he didn't win uh, right out of the gate, and now that show has been on for so long that everybody's sort of tired of of him, which is is too bad, because Hugh Laurie's a really, really great actor. He is. Uh, I was a fan of him way back when he did Blackadder, uh, way back in, I guess, the 80s, that would have been. So, I mean, that's a a guy who certainly has paid his dues. And And it's a classic TV character, whether whether you're tired of the show or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's great. That's a show that I'm just now kind of catching up on, uh, along with the rest to the country so i uh yeah i'm a you know because that's the thing right it's like you look up and a show has been on i remember when scrubs first came on and i watched like the first season and then it's like i looked away and looked back and we were on season nine or I something and i was like oh god and then it's just overwhelming because you feel like you're on. never going to get caught up yeah it's still coming back in kind of a mutated form it's the show that will not go away no well it's like er where they just keep every time they try to quit they just add another zero to the to the check and like well one more then yeah one more Let's talk about last night, Jimmy, uh, his the Jimmy Fallon moment. That was actually really funny. This is great. So this is Jimmy Fallon. So he's he's coming out. Uh, he comes out on the stage. He's going to present, I guess. And so this is from last night's Emmys. This is the sound of uh, of uh, Jimmy Fallon walking out on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, Emmy Award winner Jimmy Fallon. Party! Everybody ready to party? Everybody ready to party? Everybody ready to party. Everybody ready to party. Ow, ow, ow. My back. I took the air myself. Stop the music. Stop it. You can edit all this out. Ow, help me. You know, don't just stare at a human like this. Oh. Roll the nominees. Roll the nominees. I mean that that was awesome. That was the that single was for me. That was like the best moment of the night, right there. That it was, was really a, that unexpected. was a high point. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is really good, though. He was, and like I was saying earlier, I mean, he was also a producer on the show, and he clearly cares about TV and wanted it to be a better Emmy yeah. show than it has been in years. And I mean, I, I don't think every bit worked, but he's very funny. It was great to have John Hodgman sort of do that color commentary. Right. I mean, it was a much you know, it was it was an attempt to be clever and don't you like it when a guy who has been at least initially typecast is something especially a role like doogie house or like you don't want to that's like being you know then you're then you're the urkel guy you know oh, forever yeah. you don't want to do that yeah. um but then what, sometimes those guys will fall off the radar and then they pop up later when you see their name as like a producer and you go oh good yeah. for him um you know sean cassidy was that yeah. way yeah. huge fell off came back producer which is and neil patrick harris had a resurgence about a year and a half ago with this thing called dr horrible's sing-along blog oh, yeah. which is a joss whedon joint yeah and uh which, which is he got a huge uh sort of viral following online oh, and now huge. he's doing this so yeah well i mean i don't watch how i met your mother but he you know gets good reviews right? for it and that's helped and i think he also was smart to do you know his self-parodying bit in the harold and kumar movie totally too. i i that's a guy that i think we all have rooted for yeah uh like we all rooted for fred savage and that but that didn't work out so well i think yeah. that's that's a thing that that's a thing that's met with uh more moderate uh, success directing or something they all say they're directing though but it's like how can you prove that right i mean <laughs> no no no. i'm producing really or i've got a development deal oh yeah yeah really what does that mean well i'm going to develop things yes. but what kind of things you know various projects that go nowhere yeah <laughs> that, that, that end up with nothing 
Um, so we have Brian Cranston who won uh, Best Male Dramatic Actor Breaking Bad, and then female was Glenn Close for Damages. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, okay, she's not the world's most classic beauty, but oh, she was good in that yeah. show. Really it's, good in that show. I mean, it, she's a great actress, even when she's in bad stuff. That's the thing. I actually like that show. Damages is okay. A little too, uh, a little too uh, melodramatic. It was twisty. A little too yeah. pot boiler for me. Yeah. So speaking of of uh, of Emmys last night, so best dramatic series was Mad Men, which means we should take a second to talk oh, about yes. last night's episode. And I'm sorry, there's going to be spoilers. There's no way to get around. So if you don't want to know what happened last night, to hear them. I mean, <laughs> they're not like total game changers as such, but there's no way to get around this. A guy in the, you have to see the episode to understand how this happened. A guy while standing in the middle of the Sterling Cooper offices gets his foot cut off with a lawnmower. A riding lawnmower. A John Deere riding lawnmower takes off a guy's foot in the middle of the office during the day. And blood spatters. And blood sprays the walls. And then the next thing you see, Roger Sterling is in his office, and they're trying to figure out how this happened while a guy is squeegeeing blood off the window outside his office. It was like the most surreal. You're sort of watching it like, well, this is okay. And whoa! Oh, and then, yeah. I mean, and then, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. I, it was. It I, was I thought, did I see that? The most unexpected moment uh, oh, yeah. in that in that entire show last night. But And it was further proof that Joan can do anything. Oh, yeah, Joan Holloway. That woman is the most awesome. She jumps in with the tourniquet. I mean, she could, you know, negotiate peace in the Middle East. She could cure cancer. Joan could do anything. Well, how great, though, is that Christina Hendricks is an actress? I mean, I it's her. so easy to go, ah, she's the girl with the big cans on Mad Men, which <laughs> is true. Let's have no illusions about that. But she really, that character has gotten so many facets to the way that she plays her, too. Oh, and plus, I loved that little moment with her and Dawn. Yeah. You know, the little kiss, and I just thought, oh, man, those two are the most perfect, cool people in the world. I'm so glad you said that, because my other big thought from last night, Mad Men, is that when she and Dawn are sitting at the hospital while they're taking the guy's foot off, um, <laughs> you realize you don't really ever see Joan and Dawn interact all yeah. that much. And if they did, like, I don't even know what the vibe would be. Like, how would Joan treat Don Draper? I realize that you don't, they're like these two principals that you have never, it's like Pacino and De Niro, you never really yeah. saw them on screen together forever. Well, if I, they were a couple, he could not dog around on Joan. I think, I predict that she ends up becoming his secretary, and a few other people have already said that. Ooh. I think that she will end up being his secretary, and they'll be the big power couple in a professional sense, and yes. then maybe with like Peggy in there somewhere. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, she, she needs to get away from that loser husband of hers. Other thoughts about Mad Men last night? Well, the weird snake motif. Yeah. There was that weird snake motif where they bring in sort of that, that boa constrictor and cobra the Cobra or whatever in a box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the cobra. You're right, the cobra. And then Don's quote about, you know, the snake that doesn't eat for a long time and then tries to eat too much and chokes. And I thought, that's very strange. I hadn't really thought about that. That's completely true. That was weird. Um, and, and just the, uh, I think Betty is suffering from a combination of postpartum depression and unresolved grief issues oh, about her father dying. I, you know, God forbid that a, a meteorite hit the house someday <laughs> while the kids are and everybody are gone and then he, Don comes home and it's a smoking, you know, cinder of it. Oh, I'm free. Hooray. I, you know, I... That's a character that just has never done anything for me. Yeah, I, and uh, she's getting more and more disassociated yeah. from reality, I swear to I'm, God. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not. that poor daughter of theirs. Uh, uh, <laughs> what is coming up in the Oregonian, Christy Turnquist? Well, um, I alluded to this last week. Today I'm going down to Eugene to the uh, uh, museum on the University of Oregon campus to see a preview of this great exhibit they have opening up that's a collection of superhero comics. They've got original art Fantastic. by Steve Ditko from Spider-Man, really rare. I'm so excited. They've got the first issue of Action Comics that had Spy uh, Superman in it. 
really cool stuff. That That's is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, nerd. <laughs> All right. Christy Turnquist, reader and print of the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues. Next, we have more news from Tim Riley on the way. Your shot at Pearl Jam tickets. And we'll uh, find out what Jim Roop thought of last night's Grammys. You stay there. Uh, Emmys. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show uh, right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Go anywhere. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Portland is vying to become the world's leader in solar-powered toilets. I know we can do it. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. Don't forget, KUFO Survive It and Drive It contest is uh, happening as of now. Uh, there are Dick Hanna Dodge, 4th Plant and Auto Mall Drive. Uh, Sarah Dillon and myself will be out there this afternoon, 4 to 6, uh, giving you updates during the Court and Fat Boy Show. At some point this hour, you'll be listening for Pearl Jam. You'll be listening for Pearl Jam this hour, and then be color 10. Not now! I mean, later, when you hear Pearl Jam during this show, before 9 a.m., you be caller 10, and you get to see Pearl Jam along with special guest Ben Harper and Relentless 7 this coming Saturday at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com, and you will also get a copy of the brand-new Pearl Jam CD, Backspacer. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 808 now. Get ready for a heat wave. Today, highs will be about 88. Tomorrow, mid-90s. Same for the day after that. It's not going to cool down until later in the week. A Beaverton burglar has been captured inside in a lower home. 31-year-old Nicholas Wright was captured by police as he tried to replace a handgun he originally tried to steal. Two Portland area TGI Fridays have abruptly closed. A note on the door of the Vancouver Plaza Drive restaurant says the closure is just temporary. The Tiger TGI Fridays also closed. The word from the corporate office is those places have not yet met their corporate obligations to TGI Fridays. Court orders require them to stop using the TGI Fridays name. That escaped insane killer has been apprehended as he prepared to hitchhike just northeast of the Dalles. Philip Paul has been on the run since slipping away during a field trip to the Spokane County Fair about three days ago. His MySpace page calls the murder he committed a four-second mistake. And That's by, his word. And it's the idea that it's not just an outing, it's actually a field trip. It's the usage of the term field trip that really sells this story for me. Mm-hmm. It's a field trip. Uh, let's see, he also has uh, some oh, nine songs in his MySpace page. One is entitled Rock and Roll and a Metal Institution. Well, he'll have time to write plenty more after being recaptured while hitchhiking. Meanwhile, Chicago health officials have started taking precautionary measures to keep the bubonic plague from spreading across following the deaths of a University of Chicago uh, scientist. 66-year-old Malcolm Kazbedian died last week within 12 hours and developed influenza-type symptoms. He'd been working on a strain of Yersinia pestis, which only affects 10 and 15 people in the U.S. Fellow researchers at the University of Chicago say it's unlikely the plague is a threat to the general public. Apparently, he... This uh, man's genetic makeup made him more susceptible to it. Really? That's the worst genetic makeup ever, the one where you're susceptible to the plague. The plague. By the way, I like the idea that the plague 
And this is the bubonic plague, right? The yes. black plague, the black death. That's a, that's the one, yes. I, I like the idea that it's actually so feared and so infamous that it doesn't even need further modification in, in terms of terminology. It is just the plague. Kind of like when you live in Utah and you just say the church. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Or if you grow up in my hometown of Kennewick, you don't talk about the Hanford Nuclear Reservation. You just call it the area, and everyone knows what that is. The plague is sort of great. You know, that it's sort of the, uh, it's the Elvis of uh, communicable diseases and contagions. Meanwhile, from Sultan, Washington, comes word a family there is terrorized by a man who hurled a Molotov cocktail onto their porch as they were sitting with friends and playing cards. Out of nowhere, the stranger walked up to the home carrying a gas can that was already on fire and just threw it at them. Now the county sheriff's deputies say they have no idea who did it or why. It started out as an ordinary night in the picturesque small town of Sultan. The group of friends, including one holding a baby... We're just hanging out, playing cards on the front porch. All of a sudden, a fireball came through the air at them. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Somebody screamed, oh, my God, it's a huge fireball. <laughs> well, there's something to be said for getting it on the nose. Um, that's the sort of thing you really just can't prepare for. You're sitting on the couch. Guy comes by, throws a flaming can of gas at you. Incidentally, we have clarified. What's her name? Uh, the eater. Katie? Katie. Uh, she's eating chips, Tim. That's apparently uh, she's consuming or by this pint has probably consumed. Maybe it's started to consume again. It looks like she's in a state of contemplation at the moment. Really? Not eating. Just staring at something. Maybe thinking about what she's going to eat next. And she just... Could uh, I eat one of my truck mates? And she just put a black cloak across her body. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, appear voyeuristically at all the uh, contestants, you can do that. You've got to do uh, Dick Hannah Dodge. To. Yeah, fourth fourth point in Automall Drive. We're going to be there this afternoon. And, of course, you go to KUFO.com as well. Streaming live online. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Get his thoughts on uh, last night's Emmy Awards and Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. I have a uh, supplemental ball talk when we return. Plus more news from Tim Riley and your shot at Pearl Jam tickets. Be listening for Pearl Jam. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Indeed it is. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. In uh, just a few minutes, we'll talk to Greg Nibbler, who has a supplemental installment of Ball Talk, plus uh, Tim Riley on the way with the news. What headlines are you following in Portland, Oregon, Tim? Motorcycle accidents all over the place. Scores of people injured. We have burglars over the weekend. A man has a boulder rolled over him as he teaches people how to climb mountains and much, much more. It's all very exciting. Uh, speaking of uh, exciting, so uh, coming up this Sunday, uh, not last night, but uh, the week from uh, last night, I think we've got the season premiere of Dexter coming up this Sunday and the season premiere of, I think, Californication is back uh, as well. So that one week rest that I got where I wasn't having to watch a whole bunch of stuff because True Blood, uh, you know, is wrapped up uh, oh, I already for the season. Blood. See, and I don't. I, uh, I'm giving it, I'm, I'm letting it, uh, I'm letting it sort of work its way out of my system. It's like, yeah, I'm detoxing from it. So we got Californication and we got uh, Dexter that are having their season premiere this coming Sunday. And then I got to catch up on uh, Breaking Bad as well, which... How about uh, this new program, Bored to Death? See, and that was on last night, and it's on my TiVo, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I haven't watched it. All this catching up to do. So there's, uh, there's so much television, so so little time. On that note, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm very well. Good Monday morning to you, sir. Have you had any sleep at all since last night? Uh, maybe about 20 minutes. All right. Well, there you go. See, because uh, you realize, as we do, I think, that at a certain point, if you actually fall asleep for any length oh, of time, yeah, it is yeah. worse than getting no sleep at all. Yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. You just got to play all the way through it. 
But, you know, you wind up dozing for about 20 minutes, and it's just enough not to push you over the edge. Right, right. You know? Well, you were at the uh, you were at the Emmys, and you um, were there. I mean, I mean, probably early on. You kind of get there way before the thing starts, right? Do they have you there, sort of as the you know, all the red carpet crap and everything? Well, I'm, is I'm there at on? noon, three hours before the red carpet opens. At noon, craft service isn't even isn't even there. It's just, <laughs> just standing out on the sidewalk. Just I, uh, I had to leave mass early. What's up with that? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I get there at noon. Red carpet opens at three. You know, we got to go through security checks, set up all the equipment. You know, then you and you feel bad for the poor slot who won tickets to sit in the red carpet seat grandstands, you know, they're there all day long, too, in the blazing sun. They don't put any shade over these people. And you go out there and you talk to them, and they're just sweating, and just like 115 degrees, you know. And Congratulations, you've, uh, you've won a red carpet seat and some melanoma. Please have a oh seat here in the sun. I was just brutal last yesterday. Yeah. Just absolutely terrible. Um, but, you know, and, and then the show starts, and then you're there. I, I think I got home... About twelve thirty, one o'clock, and then I'm up again at three. Well, you know, but occasionally I'll come in here and I'll find Sarah on the uh, floor, uh, asleep in the floor of the office, just sort of getting like a good ten, twelve minutes of a power nap. <laughs> because you're right. I mean, you can do that, and as long as you don't actually allow yourself to sort of, uh, you know, re- relax and fall into an actual sleep, you're going to be okay. The minute your brain somehow is under the impression it's okay to actually, uh, you know, just kind of switch off and go to the REM cycle, that is when you are completely screwed. You wake up, you want to be able to tie your shoes. Yeah, see, you can't Yeah, you can't go to bed. Right. You can sit on the couch, make yourself a drink, sit on the couch, turn the television on, and say, well, you know, about an hour and a half, i got to check my live shots again. And then you wind up going, oh, man, it's 20 minutes later, and you feel great. You still have the drink in your hand, so it's even better. <laughs> I was going to say, the best part is how you actually, you put those in order of priority. Fix yourself a drink, then maybe sit down, then maybe plan out your day's work. <laughs> well, you got to unwind after something like that, man. It's just, you know, it's a mess. I suppose. you. Uh, okay, so last night was all pretty much Mad Men and 30 Rock. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah, the only new face in the field of major winners was Tony Collette, who I've never seen the show United States of Tara, but apparently it's pretty good. I have a friend of mine who's really into that. It's about the schizophrenic girl, yeah. I think, or the girl with, uh, what is she, got split personality or something. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Collette, though. She's one of those women that you don't doesn't have a lot of name recognition, but she's been in everything. I mean, she was in you know she was in The Sixth Sense, and then she was in uh, this the, you know this movie called The Velvet Goldmine where she got some attention. But she's she's one of those like serious like she's an actual real actress. Uh, uh, you know, she really has the the chops, as they say. It was cool because when you know we, you know you ask her what does this mean, you know how she said, well I hope it means that you know in her Australian accent, I hope this means I'm going to be able to play this character for a while longer. You yeah. know, she, I like a steady paycheck. That's yeah, what it uh, a longevity man. And that's yeah. what every actor wants. And she was very quick to say, I don't think it's going to change my life or, or give me any better roles. I just want to be able to play this one for a while. I'd like to be able to pay the rent on some sort of ongoing, consistent basis. Until I'm 80. Yeah, exactly. Well, people, you know, it's like they'll look at, you know, you get a guy, you know, who's, who's an actual, you know, you know, who has some sort of a, um, a cinematic background or has some sort of theatrical presence, and then he'll end up doing, like, King of Queens, and people say, well, what's that about? And it's like, well, it's about not having to go on auditions for the next few years and still being able to eat. I think yeah, that's I what that's about. Yeah, a lot of actors like that, man. They just want that steady paycheck. Totally. Uh, do you get to do any FaceTime with any of the Mad Men folks? Uh, John Hamm and uh, the, the I don't forgot her name now, but the woman who plays his wife. Uh, January Jones. Yeah, very, very pretty. So, I, because we're all just such, really everybody here on this show, uh, I think we've all, I think we've all admitted that we would, uh, we'd run away with John Hamm if given the opportunity. Even me. John Hamm calls me and he's like, uh, Rick Emerson, time to elope. I'm there. Just pack a bag. Because, <laughs> I mean, the guy, he just seems 
I mean, it's so tempting to confuse the man with the character and all that, but he just seems like such a cool kind of classic guy. He, he's, he, he's that way every time I've seen him in public. Um, you know, he kind of talks that way. He gets real once in a while. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll become a real guy, you know, as you're talking to him. But he, he does start out as, uh, you know, uh, Don Draper. Yeah. I mean, see, that's and that's exactly kind of how you want it to be, right? When you meet a guy like that, even no matter how many times you've, you've met a celebrity, you've interviewed people, you always in the back of your mind kind of want them to be the character, at least for for a few seconds. Right. So, you know, so it's kind of cool that they do that. Um, I mean, but he, I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. This is sort of like his James Gandolfini thing, where he's the guy who labors and, you know, works and is under the radar and then gets the career-defining role, like, you know, overnight. Yeah, it's, again, he's one of these guys that says, I don't know why, I don't know how, I was just in... And he even said it, I think, last night, I was in the right place at the right time, and I'm the guy, wow. you know? And I think most actors believe that, with the exception of those who have been around a while, like Jessica Lange and Glenn Close, who are really into themselves. Uh, people like John Hamm and those people go... Hey, man, I, I just happened to be the guy in the room at the time they said, okay, we need one. You know, I had a, uh, I had a friend of mine whose dad was a shrink. Uh, this was a few years ago. His dad was a shrink, and the dad worked in L.A. and treated he, we, what he would always describe as just a, you know, a, a bevy of who's who's or whatever. He was, you know, he was a shrink for a lot of celebrities. And, and he said one time that one of the only – I think he had a few that night. And the only thing he ever volunteered about being a shrink to celebrities, he said is – the, the thing that they all had in common is they were all neurotic because they secretly all believed that they had no talent and no skill and that it was just like a total crapshoot and that one day everybody was going to wake up and go, wait a minute, you're not actually good at that. You just got lucky. That was that they all lived in fear somehow that it was going to be found out that it was just, you know, luck of the draw. Well, I think a lot of them admit that now, you know, because they, if, especially the, the actors who aren't discovered, but the ones who are, who have to work their way through it. Like like John Hamm has, right. you know, and 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 they they realize they get so much rejection. Then they get that lucky break where either the casting director's sick and tired of listening to people and go, okay, you take it, you're close enough, <laughs> and then it just kind of moves on. I mean, I've been in those rooms before doing uh, auditions for voiceovers and whatever, and they go, I just don't want to hear another one. All right, can you do it this way? Then you got it, you know. It's and you know it's just friggin' luck. If I was the tenth guy instead of the twelfth guy, I, I would be you know taking a cab home. If they didn't have to go pick up their kid at soccer, uh, you know, you'd be jobless like, another day. That happens so much. It absolutely does. And you just you, you want to be the guy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you know, it's musical chairs. If you happen to be the one standing there, then what did Woody Allen say? Like, 98% of success is showing up. Um, <laughs> Juni, uh, January Jones, who plays his wife on Mad Men. So she... Uh, it, I always ask this about everybody. When you see her in person, is she just unbelievably gorgeous? She is, but she's way too skinny. Yeah, she's tiny. Well, you got even on TV, she looks tiny. I mean, yeah. she's a little. She's a miniature woman. You can tell that. Yeah, well, she's tall. She's taller than I am. Of course, many people are, but um, she's very, very thin. And yeah, that's a little scary when when they come walking towards you and you think, what? <laughs> it's like you could there's you can see their internal organs. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, um, like her and Christina Hendricks are sort of at opposite ends of that scale in some way. Because yeah. Christina Hendricks, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's hot, but you do. But it, at certain points, you just wonder if the, if the seams on her clothing can hold, or if that whole, if it's just going to be ripping and tearing, and then just it's all going to come pouring out. I mean, That's it's the a style in the '60s. Yeah, no, she seems the tighter the better, baby. V vacuum sealed into uh, into those outfits occasionally. Uh, what else? Anything? Anything? Kind of catch everybody off guard last night? And, well, 
you know, I think John Cryer's win as supporting actor kind of was 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 interesting. Although he deserved it, I thought. And I thought he, was, he said some really funny stuff too about uh, Charlie Sheen. He said, you know. Uh, Charlie Sheen doesn't party anymore. He's got Charlie Sheen at the worst time of his entire life, so it's no fun outside the office kind of thing. It's like the uh, it's like the guy who you know happens to hang out with Keith Richards the day after he's gone. You know, yeah, coming to rehab. He's recovered. Yeah, you know. But I thought Neil Patrick Harris did a pretty good job. And last year was the worst Emmys ever with those five reality hosts trying to do their. Thing. Oh, I forgot all about that. It's funny I flushed that out of my brain already. Oh God! I, oh wow! Because you know, I I went yesterday going, oh, this is just going to be terrible. Just preparing for the worst. You set the bar so low in your head that anything that wasn't just a suck fest was a win. And then two hours go by out of the three, and it's wow. Okay, we got only an hour left to go. It's always great when you can aim for relatively painless as your uh, your sort of benchmark <laughs> for the awards. All right. Well, on that note, my friend, how many uh, more hours do you have on the clock today? Uh, I don't know, six or seven, probably. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, just uh, pour another uh, pour another stiff one for all of us, sir. As you know, I will. All right. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That is uh, Jim Roop, CNN Radio Los Angeles. He is every man. We have uh, more news from Tim Riley coming up here in just a moment. Uh, before we do anything else, let's pay a quick visit to the sports desk with Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, we had a bunch of stuff go on this weekend, but a few things of note in the NFL. The uh, There were a lot of records set or broken this weekend, including the single-game attendance record, as the Dallas Cowboys broke that with 105,000 people at the opening of their brand-new $1.2 billion home stadium. A very good use of the money as they uh, lost... To my pick for the Super Bowl champions, the New York Giants. Yes, I'm very proud of myself for that, and uh, as as you should be as well. And uh, in college football, there was a giant upset. UW uh, knocked off USC. UW, which went 0-12 last year, has uh, knocked off USC 16-13. to They're ranked at number 24 as of today, which I think is a bit of an overestimate. I think they're going to go <laughs> right back to losing. Um, I think USC just had an off game. So uh, don't get too excited, Seattle people. Um, U of O is back on track after ending Utah's 16-game winning streak. Who'd have thought Utah had the longest winning streak in the country, but they did. And uh, U of O ended that, so possibly they could be back on the road. And uh, OSU, not so much. Once again, they do what they typically do, and they screw up the start of their season, so they have to play the rest of the season playing catch-up, which is usually too late to get one of the top bowl games. Well done. uh, Yeah, good job, OSU. And uh, let's see, and my picks for this weekend, I was right on one of them, and that was we did get to see Nebraska fans crying, which was fantastic. There's nothing like Midwest Big 12 Nebraska fans thinking they're finally going to get back on top. Oh, this is going to be the year. And then no. And they cry their little hearts out. The sweet taste of human suffering is like a warm succor to your soul. It was awesome. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. There you go. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk. Stay right there. We're live from Portland. Share your thoughts with billions. Look at me. I'm not wearing my panties today. Aww. Aww. Call 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's a fantastic segue. Well done. 
It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show brought to you by, among other folks, Viso. You can find out more about this miraculous beverage at drinkviso.com. Drinkviso.com is where you go to learn about a beverage that is made right here in Portland, Oregon. It is made here. It is developed here. It was created here, and it's fantastic. It is good, and it's good for you. It's made of all natural ingredients, and they've actually uh, just added even more fruit juice to it. You can taste it now. And you say, by God, that's a dazzling, wonderful taste across my taste buds. What could have made this extra magic possible? It's the addition of extra fruit juice. Of course, it's uh, all natural. It's organic. It's got caffeine for you. It's got your vitamins. It's got your minerals. It's got potassium. It's got calcium. And uh, you know, when you drink it, you're really going to know the difference. It's not going to be like some of those you know, energy drinks where the minute you open it and you, know, you get a mouthful and you kind of say to yourself, well, this tastes sort of metallic and chemicals, and though it's turning the inside of me into something bad. Viso is refreshing. It doesn't just make you feel bloated and thirsty. It's not carbonated. It actually quenches your thirst and it makes you feel like you've just had a big uh, helping of vitamins because you have. It is good. It's good for you. It is made right here in Portland. It is Viso, now with even more of everything good. Oh, if we could only be recorded during the breaks like our fine friends in the truck. All right. Hello there. I'm here to talk to you about the Dublin Down, one of my favorite Irish uh, pubs ever. First of all, let me give you the address. It's in downtown Vancouver, beautiful downtown Vancouver. Just take I-5 North to exit 1B. Take a left on 6th, right on Main. It's that easy. And there you are at the Dublin Down Pub at 813 Main Street. So uh, I'm not going to lie and pretend I watch football, but if you are one of those big football fans like the Nib Man, Dublin Down is the best place for you to catch the games. Uh, Nibbler informed me that the big game tonight is the Colts versus the Dolphins. And that uh, begins at 5.30. And, of course, what's the best place to watch it? Then on an 11-foot high-definition pro- uh, projectors. I? It's 11, 11 feet wide. It's huge. And you can, see, like, you can see the pores on people's faces. You can count the heads in the audience. And there are, like, thousands of people watching it. It's amazing. It's a great atmosphere. And also, speaking of Viso that Rick just was, uh, they actually make mixed drinks with Viso. So awesome. you can go there and try those out as well. Also, check out the deals they have during their Hours of Happiness. You can find out more about those at DublinDown.com. The Dublin Down, once again, in downtown Vancouver, takes exit uh, I-5, uh, take I-5, excuse me, to exit 1B, then a left on 6th, right on Main. There you have it at 813 Main Street. They also have great food. Uh, it's a great place for old Irish favorites and uh, quirky ones like Irish case that he is. Uh, the Dublin Down Pub, Dublin as in Dublin, Ireland, and down as in get down there today. More info at DublinDown.com. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. I was toilet trained at 12. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 849. Get ready for another heat wave today. Here's what's going to happen. The National Weather Service is calling for high temperatures near 89 today. 94 tomorrow, 90 on Wednesday, and only 78 Thursday. Not enough car freshening, uh, freshening trees in the in, in the world for that. I mean, really. I'm just looking at the webcam of these four unfortunate souls who were packed into the uh, uh, the truck at Surviving and Drive It. One just unrolled a window. Really? I Which, guess it's starting to get a little gamey in there. Who, oh, uh, I hate that word, gamey. Who unrolled the? Uh, who rolled down the window? The uh, young lady with the baseball cap and the sunglasses. Is that... The one who's eating? Is that Katie? The one that's, that's usually Katie. eating. The eater? She she Eater. freed up one hand to roll down the window. <laughs> you know, there's crawler with the other hand. I, I need some air. Are they listening to us while we're watching them? Probably. <laughs> hey, if you're uh, if you're listening, eat something. Oh, they appear to be listening. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there is a slight delay. If you're listening, say something offensive. Here's uh, Tim Riley. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You don't want to be running a motorcycle around. Two people killed in separate crashes in Portland over the weekend. Then, nearly 30 cyclists were involved in a massive chain reaction crash 
on I-5. Slow-moving traffic called this chain reaction. Uh, eight people were treated for hip and shoulder injuries. You're just not protected from the neck down. You know, Sarah, how did you get here this morning? I drove. <laughs> really? Did you bring your car? No, I brought. No, my car is oh, still out of commission. Oh, you borrowed the yes, boyfriend's car. I borrowed the boyfriend's car. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because you got because your motorbike is. Uh... I know, but tomorrow, tomorrow I'm gonna have to bicycle because I have to uh, get my motorbike tuned up before uh, I ride it. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I'm just saying you don't want to be in the in, in the middle of a chain reaction. That oh, seems unimportant. That, you know, the, it seems unimportant to get those things taken care of and to get your bicycle, you know, your motorcycle totally tuned up and in shape until you read these stories. Yes, that, uh, I, yeah, I heard about that. Twenty brings it into stark relief. Oh. Well, members of this motorcycle club usually call. Brother Speed. Now they call Brother I'm in Pain. Okay. Is when you say motorcycle club, club, do you in fact mean gang? I don't know. I'm just I, asking. I, I, do, I, I don't uh, know if it's technically. I mean, what is the definition of gang? Greg, uh, in the in the Sons of Anarchy sense, would you say that these guys fall into the category of gang? They uh, they are listed as an outlaw motorcycle gang by the state of Oregon. They're so. listed really. Is there like a database of outlaw motorcycle oh, yeah. gangs? Yes. I want to be in an outlaw database I'll somewhere. You, I'll tell you off air some of the bad ones. Yeah, I don't want to say anything. I'll say them on the air. Uh, I don't care. These guys. No, Does it rhyme with Gypsy Joker? No. Okay. <laughs> Grown men wearing costumes. All right. Maybe there can be a gang where they all dress like goblins. All right, here's Tim Riley. Los Angeles has problems with coyotes biting people. <laughs> Officers sent trappers into Griffith Park in response to two recent attacks on humans. The action comes after a man was taking a nap near Travel Town, where people... Travel Town is that near is that near Richard Scary Town? This is in Griffith Park. Is it in anywhere tourists, USA? Tourist camp there. He woke up to find a, coy- a coyote biting his foot. See, that's that's why I snickered sort of early on. The idea that. It's not like they're attacked. It's that they just wake up and they're being gnawed upon by a coyote, which is different than a wolf, right? Two that different is things. Correct, yes, I think right. yeah, coyotes are crazier. All right. So trapper shot and killed this beast. Several coyotes have been seen over the past couple of weeks in that area. You can usually uh, spot them though because they're gathered in groups of three underneath a uh, blue tinted moon on the front of a fat guy's black T-shirt. I'm just saying, like that's normally where you're going to spot those. Meanwhile, back here at home, a Portland condo auction over the weekend was a rousing success. The sale of at least, well, several troubled Atwater Place units went at bargain headers prices at 40% below the usual prices. They were pricey before and not anymore. Oh, it was only a matter of time before this happened. A Portland area middle school student has come down with the HINI flu virus. K2 Television reporting the student attends... Fowler Middle School in nearby Tigard, and apparently got sick last week. School officials are reported to have alerted parents of the situation over the weekend. That's not nearly as bad as the uh, the INRI virus, where you're uh, everybody thinks you're the king of the Jews. Is that true? It's a little Hebrew joke. Hello. That's what it says on a little piece of paper, right? Can you? <laughs> Is that for our Hebrew friends observing yeah. their new year? Yes, it is, Tim. It's a little Rosh Hashanah humor from uh, we here at the Rick Emerson Show. A joke I give you for the laughter. All right, well, whatever. There's been too much laughter this morning already. The the day the laughter went too far. Uh, As we uh, wrap all this up, uh, we want to remind you that this coming Friday at KUFO.com, the half-off sale continues. If you need eyewear for sports, and I know you do, you need the most advanced and specific gear for your sport, they have the selection at a site uh, for Sport Eyes is the name of this business. Just visit them on State Street in Lake Oswego to find the perfect sunglasses or prescription eyewear for your sport. And, of course, this Friday at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to buy a $50 gift certificate for only $25. It is the half-off sale. $25 gets you $50 uh, for sunglasses or prescription eyewear for whatever your sport might be. They're called a site. 
uh, for Sport Eyes, and that is at KUFO.com this Friday. But if you are caller 10 right now, you'll uh, get one of those before you can buy them at 503 228 4101-503-228-4101. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop for joining us today. Also, Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian. And, of course, Court and Fatboy uh, are broadcasting live from the Vancouver Auto Mall of Decana Dodge. Uh, this morning, we, uh, Sarah Dillon and myself, will be out there this afternoon, 4 to 6. And then throughout the week, Sarah, Tim, Greg, and myself will be broadcasting live from Survive It and Drive It. Don't forget, you too can go online and gawk relentlessly at The Eater, The Hater, The... Well... The you, candlestick maker. And the rest... Uh, you can see all four contestants for Surviving and Drive It at KUFO.com. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, uh, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio, Portland. Nah, you know, got to fix that in post. Alpha Broadcasting, uh, Portland Marketing Guru, uh, Susan Donaff with me, Reynolds, Executive Producer, Christopher J. Paddock, and of course, the gatekeeper at the front desk, Dave Zinn. We have uh, Buzz coming up next with Smells Like the 90s and Gordon Fabway this afternoon, 3 to 7. It is Monday, September 21st, 2009. And that is The Frequency, Kenneth. Thank you for listening. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.